Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dungeon Boys. My name is Keith, and I will be your DM. And Josh playing as Arlo, your forest gnome druid. John playing Eros, your tiefling cleric. And Bryce playing the all-new Jack Lowell, the paladin. I am Zenus playing uh, Grim the Barbarian. Yes, indeed. You all are. Zenus, I don't know if you can get just a hair closer to that microphone. I feel like you might have quieted since last um, we, we tested. <laughs> but last week, we need to do some, uh, some recapping because last week, lots of things happened. Uh, we came back from a hiatus. I've got to ban somebody in the twi- Twitch chat who wants me to become famous. Wow. I don't want to become famous. Not from your, not from your ilk, sir. Not today. Um, but last week we came, we got back into season two. Very fun. Uh, we are back in the world of Medine, uh, where it is a world that I have created, a world fashioned from my own mind, uh, and in which we have determined that there are all kinds of things going on. Go back to episode one to get. F- Fully caught up. Good evening, Mr. Soul Creek. Thank you so much for the host. I appreciate you, sir. Um, but to the slow, the slow, or the sorry, the quick version is that the party uh, survived the magical explosion of season one, but two of them were changed fundamentally in what they were. Uh, Jack was changed. Jack, we determined possibly, could be a different Jack from an alternate plane of existence. Uh, Grim was changed from a cleric to a a, a barbarian, um, who still does his punchy punchies. Uh, Burb, their lovable bird companion, was had just has just disappeared completely. Is is gone without a trace, uh, and they go with. We- Back to the Full Hammer Mine, where the leaders of the Servants of the Scale were. Uh, some things happened there. They resurrect one of the leaders of the order that they are a part of, um, as well as uh, they get new orders from the leaders of the Servants of the Scale. Not new orders. They get uh, reevaluated orders. Uh, they also add a new companion to their party, Eros, the tiefling trickster cleric, played by John. Um, who has been added to their ranks as well. He is a, uh, he's trying to become a spy. And so he was caught spying on the full hammers and they allowed him for some, for some cash to switch over uh, and work for them instead of work against them. So he has now joined the party and they have been sent on a mission to Melora's Quiver to meet up with Kate Fullheart, a ranger type lass who will help them find their way into the Bone Mountains to retrieve a magical item called Moradin's Tiny Orb, which will help the servants of the scale escape the clutches of the High Council that wishes them dead. Uh, that was a, a, a full mouthful. What do you think, boys? Not as good as the last time. You got two season or a whole season in five minutes. This one took you two minutes. Yeah, you Oof. got it. Oof. Or one episode. <clears throat> Sorry, one dude. We're going to get you whittled down to seven seconds. Yikes. I can't imagine what you would you could say about an episode in seven seconds. Right. It's going to be like Ollie. <laughs> what did we do last week, Ollie? Dungeon Boys. Uh, uh, new party. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's play this Dungeon Boys game. Is, is everybody good? I feel like we're off to a weird start. And why, is that just me? 
I'm chaotic good. What you talking I'm about? Fine. I, I feel like this is kind of a weird start. We didn't have very much trouble coming in here, but we're still starting late somehow. Yeah. But as long as everybody's good. good to play D&D. Yeah. Always good, good to play D&D. It's all right. Always good. To get us up to date, we are now currently in the throes of combat. We arrived in Melora's Quiver through teleportation. I guess I think I'm a little bit stressed out because there's so much story stuff and so many characters last week that it's hard to summarize. Uh, but they were, through the powers of teleportation, they arrive outside of Melora's Quiver, which is a desert town outside of the, the Bone Mountains, where they're going to stage uh, their quest into the mountains. <clears throat> they arrive there in the desert, and they see four thuggish men carrying a giant scorpion on a tarp. Uh, and they are immediately called out to from behind a sand dune by what they learn to be Kate Fullhart, the very woman they are looking for. She's calling out that those thugs stole her kill, that we have to, that, you, that we need to stop them. She does notice that Eros uh, is a character that she does know from his short stint uh, where she's from, and she recognizes the party as as companions, at least somewhat, and she enlists their help to stop these thugs. The party immediately jumps into action to fight the thugs and try to steal back this dead scorpion from them. But last week, the last thing that occurred was the scorpion's tail twitched. The giant scorpion is not yet dead. But we are in the middle of combat. If you look on the screen, hopefully... You can see on the screen those labels. Uh, hopefully, chat, let me know if those labels need to be larger. I am going to enlarge them just a hair uh, right now. If you are listening to this podcast um, anywhere that's not Twitch uh, or YouTube, you cannot see this, so this will be an uh, incentive for you to come and watch on YouTube and see our little tokens move around. But first in the initiative order is young Eros. Okay. That's you. What you got, John? So I think I'm going to do my bonus action, Shield of Faith. Okay. And then I think I'm going to attack T3 with my short sword. Uh, you will be moving to there? Yes, with Grim. All right. So we'll call these squares what we want to call these squares about 10 feet a piece so mm -hmm. one two three it's a little hard to read mr soul creek says i will i can increase the size one more but i just I, I don't think i can stomach doing any more than that hopefully that will satisfy so jack is moving over to thug well, number three to eros. attack That's... not not jack i'm eros. sorry not jack sorry eros of course is doing that eros what that's one two yeah we'll call it we'll let you run over there and attack that's really smooth on owlbear as well it is i was just noticing that yeah it's not exa it's not super smooth for me because i'm dragging it but uh, so the, the stream is only going to see my jank if you guys move stuff it'll be smooth for me <laughs> could be so if you want to move yourself in the future yeah i was gonna I ask is that something you want us to do yeah move yourself in the future i like the sound of that cool i'll bring myself to tears <laughs> I've moved myself. <laughs> All right, Jack, roll it up, brother. That's 23 work? It's not Jack. Uh, sorry, right. his name's John. His name's John, and we have a character named Jack, and neither of those are his name in the game. Cut me some slack. Slack has been cut. That's 23 hit? A 23 will hit. What are you trying to hit him with, sir? 
A short sword. A short sword. Perfect. A 23 will absolutely hit T3. And he is, of of the three of them, he is looking the least good, by the way. Oh. So that will do seven damage. Seven damage. All right. So you run up there and you jam your short, short, short sword into his chest, but he switches to the side a little bit and your sword passes between his into his armpit, slicing both his arm and the side of his torso. Uh, blood pours down his armor, but he's yet alive. And he says, oh, you little Cretan. Oh, no. What, what else will you do? <laughs> that I'll I can't move anymore so i pass all right perfect uh hopefully that that sound isn't too much in your ears um it is now who else would be an a in this initiative lineup arlo (laughs) arlo would be i am airlo um let me see um old scorpy buddy is starting to wake up apparently uh, you have, so everybody roll, did I ask everybody to roll a perception roll last week before we ended? I can't remember now. I no, you remember. just said because I was over there, I saw it. Okay. Well, Grim <laughs> is over there as well, so I would assume Grim probably would have saw it. I have a mighty passive perception as well. Yeah, so let's say, if that's what I said last week, let's just say Grim and Jack are the only ones who notice currently that, uh the scorpion is moving there's a lot of movement over there with everybody running around it so the well, only I'm the right two of you it, yeah, only the two of you saw it move that initially is that is true. do i notice it with a passive perception of 18 yeah i'd say you notice it too arlo that's a good okay. way to that's a good way to call me out <laughs> i like it well i was just wondering because I, I was about to do a thing but i didn't know if i need to like try to make a perception no duty team. duty team duty team that's fine since I noticed a little awakeningness, um, I'm going to try to cast Dominate Beast. Dominate Beast. Holy moly. Okay. Yeah. Fourth level enchantment. It's an action. Range is 60 feet, so I'm pretty sure I got it. Um, lasts for a minute. So you attempt to beguile a beast that you can see within range. It must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed for you by you for the duration. If you or a character that are friendly to you are fighting it it has advantage on the saving throw while the beast is charmed you have a telepathic link with it as long as the two of you are on the same plane of existence you can use this telepathic link to issue commands to the creature while you while you are conscious which it does its best to obey you can specify a simple or general course of action such as attack a creature run over there fetch an object blah, blah, blah. it keeps going on for a while uh, you can use your okay. action to take total right, and so precise let's get, control. Let's get it started. Let's do it. Good gravy, uh, oh, golly goodness! Each time it takes damage, it makes a new Wisdom saving throw against the spell. But it lasts for a minute. It's got to okay. beat a sixteen. Okay, and wisdom. I roll a Wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw. Uh, will a nat twenty do it? Um. Uh, I barely. Am I rolling with disadvantage at all? No, no disadvantage. So I, okay, I'd say right. a, so yeah, I'd say that, a nat twenty beats it. <laughs> <laughs> the scorpion, the scorpion turns to you, Arlo, and you notice that it has a long gray beard, and it's carrying a big old satchel of books. 
It's very wise. <laughs> Incredibly wise. Obviously, that is not the case. But uh, the scorpion does does shake it off. It's almost maybe it's just not wise enough. Maybe that's it. There's not a whole lot for you to grab onto in there. So the scorpion does roll a nat twenty uh, to shake off your control of it. Okay. Well, if that's the case, Arlo is just going to kind of look at this thing like, huh? Give a little shrug, and then um, I'm gonna jump into the action. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna gonna become something. Let's see. What I got? Okay. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a vulture, giant vulture. Very solid choice. I'm doing it. So giant vulture taking off. So ja- just kind of circling around, getting close <laughs> to the action. All right. Hey, all gaming. Welcome to the stream, buddy. Um, so you can. Your other spell was what a bonus action, or you can. You can transform as a bonus action. Yeah, circular moon druid can uh, bonus action do the wild shape. Okay, gotcha. All right, so you wild yeah. shape uh, before your very eyes. All of you who are in combat, you notice uh, Arlo tr- transform into a giant vulture, and I assume fly up into the sky. Yeah, I'm just kind of taking flight, and uh, I'm just circling around overhead from. The, uh, the action, kind of like above where Grim and Arus are at. All right. Uh, there's no real way for me to make it look like you're high above, so we're just going to take you over there, and we'll say you're circling in that area. Just remember that you are, of course, high above them or above them at some distance. Got it. It's all good. Okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah, you can move, move your marker wherever you'd like for it to be as a giant vulture. Uh, that's fine right where it is. Okay, all right, so it is now Grimley's turn. What will you do with your fists and your um, brain? I'm going to do two things. First, um, I will make the choice uh, to go into a... I don't think I can do that. Never mind. Because I, I, yeah, I, I think you have to do that when you choose to rage. Okay, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to um, attack at number three. <laughs> Uh, okay. but I'm going to uh, use the feature Reckless Attack, which is um, starting at second level, you can throw aside all concern for defense to attack with fierce desperation. When you make your first attack on your turn, you can decide to attack recklessly. Doing so gives you advantage on melee weapon attack rolls using strength during this turn, but attack rolls against you have advantage until your next turn. So I get advantage on my melee attacks, but everything coming in, other than like an AoE, has advantage against me. Understood. Gotcha. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna punch at him. By the way, he ain't looking good. Well, he hopefully will die with the one punch. It is likely. Um. Okay. So 24. Does that hit him? A 24 will certainly hit him. Um. 22 damage. 22 damage will absolutely murder this man. I, uh, if you will allow me to take liberties with this kill, I would uh, love it. Do it. Your reckless attack. You decide that you know normally with with fists you keep your you keep your elbows in. You're ready to block if need be. Not now. You reach forward, completely take yourself off balance, grab him by his loosened leather armor around his chest that that Eros has just loosened. Grab the chest piece of his leather armor, snatch his snatch him down towards your knee, 
and you just bring a knee into his face, his teeth, one of his teeth is lodged in your pant leg as you pull it out. And you just, you feel his neck snap behind the power of your knee thrust. And he falls over just as dead as a, just a slug on the ground. Dope. And he lands right at Eros's feet, blood leaking out of his face and his arm. Uh, Grim, so I'm, I'm playing his rage like he's not, there, there's probably like a base level like anger, but it's more along the lines of he's extremely focused whenever this happens. So he like, he doesn't, he's not looking at anyone. He just kind of notices that like he does that. And then as soon as he sees the body hit the ground, he turns to number two and just moves that way. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm also gonna punch at number two one good time. As you walk over to number two, he's like I, I don't know if I want the skeleton that bad. Well Scorpion. That's too bad. I was wondering. <laughs> scorpion skeleton. This guy's actually got a scorpion lodged in his butt. Or skeleton. Whatever. Uh, Somebody else DM <laughs> Somebody else DM this game. I got uh, a natural 20. A natural 20? Unnatural. Uh, an unnatural 20 will will also hit this guy. Yay. This poor guy is shaking in his boots, by the way. Uh, another 22 damage. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, you, so you've effectively murdered. Let's go ahead and trash this guy. He's dead. Um, number two, you're going to walk over there and just punch him just just right in his jaw. He turns and spits out a couple of teeth as the necrotic energy. I assume you're using your necrotic energy with your fists. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm not doing it, but also um, Grim has those gloves on. So when he punches him in, in the jaw, those little spikes, I imagine rip out some of his flesh. Oh yeah. So yeah, his face is all torn up with dark energy as well as spikes on your fist. Like he spits out a couple of teeth. He says, please, I'll, I'll run away. Grim Grim doesn't say anything. Okay. That's very dark. Um, is that your turn? Yes. Okay. Um, all right, Jack, it's your turn. Cool. Um, so I need a holy symbol to cast my paladin spells, but as a high elf, I get mm-hmm. a cantrip. Like, no matter what class I choose, I get one cantrip. You would say I could use the cantrip without a focus, correct? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, that makes sense to me. It's like an inborn ability. It does make sense to me as well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, can I reach uh, number one over there? Uh, Number one? I don't see why not. Yeah, sure. Okay, I want to run up to number one, and Jack is gonna be using his old cleaver, I guess. Show us on the show us on the thingamajig how you move. Um, deftly. I don't know. Do I run around? Or how much space is there between Eros and his uh? Well, if every square is button. ten feet, you can you can run between, or you can hop over that skeleton, that scorpion, like hop over his tail or something. It might be dangerous. <laughs> I like danger. I'll hop over the scorpion. Skeleton. All right. So, Jack, whenever you do hop over that skeleton, God freaking dang it, dude. 
Tell me about that skeleton key. The scorpion. I can see this is kind of like a Boduke kind of thing, just slide across its carapace <laughs> yeah. shell thing. So yeah, you you run and slide over where its tail would be going down. Like the yeah. tail is now raising up in the air. You go sliding over the lowest part of its tail, but when you do that, young man, mm-hmm. he has an attack of opportunitrance. Oh no! Will a uh nineteen hit? It will. It will. Indeed. All right. So you, sir, are going to take one d ten of damage. So you're going to take six piercing damage the tail as you step on it reacts reflexively almost as if you pressed a hinge and it comes down and jabs you on your shoulder as you go by you know nicking your armor and harming you a little bit for six damage six yep and as you can do this anyone nearby can can hear the the uh the claws of the scorpion go as it starts snapping in and out pincers hmm Alright, so with that having attacked me, I will instead of actually attacking one, I'm going to turn to the scorpion and attack him instead. Okay, sounds good. Since I'm right up on him, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, the old reliable cleaver. I'm going to use my cantrip and cast booming blade. Okay. Let me see. Forgive me. This takes a moment. You doing math or? No, it deals an extra D8 of thunder damage to the target. It's just been a long time since I used Booming Blade. Nice. Year and a half. Yeah. Okay, so it takes 2D8 of damage immediately, and if it moves, then it will take another 2D8 of damage. Okay. Um, Roll to hit. Yeah, if I hit it, that is. So, attack one. Can y'all see what I rolled? I rolled 15. A yeah. I mean, I know. That will can. hit, <laughs> sir. <laughs> okay. So then, uh, D8 for the cleaver itself. That okay. I landed on its side. Yeah. <laughs> D8 for the cleaver. D8 for the. Booming Blade. So that's 6 plus 7 is 13. Another D8 for Booming Blade. That's an 8. Mm. So 21 damage? Yeah. Okay. Plus my strength is another plus 4. That's juicy. So, wait, what was that again? 21 plus 4, 25 damage. 25 so. damage. You slice, you slice down into the, you you go over there and you know where the skeleton, the scorpion's head is at. <laughs> you raise your cleaver to the sky and bring that meat slicing cleaver directly down to wherever that uh, scorpion's brain should be, and you jam that uh, cleaver down in there and scorpion blood, whatever color that is, shoots out of the top of it like a geyser, uh, while it still twitches and is not yet dead. But you know that you have made a critical blow against the scorpion. Nice. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm gonna hit it ag- again. Okay. Or I'm gonna try at least. 
that's a six plus seven. That's a thirteen to hit. A thirteen will not hit this time. Darn it! Your second hit comes down and bounces off the exoskeleton. You didn't hit it quite in the same place you hit it earlier. We um, let's see. All right, I want to take this time to explain some uh, paladin stuff that I have going on. Okay. So as a paladin, at 6th level, I have Aura of Protection. Creatures within 10 feet of me can add my Charisma modifier to their um, saving throws. Nice. Friendly creatures within 10 feet of me can add my Charisma modifier to saving throws. So if you need to make a saving throw, add 3 to it. Nice. Nice. And okay. also, mm-hmm. as an Oath of Glory Paladin, if you are within five feet of me and you are friendly, uh, you get an extra ten feet of movement speed on this turn. Ooh. Mr. Soul Creek tells us that the brain of a scorpion is a long line on the belly, and their blood is bluish. Mm-hmm. So, That's let's pretty. amend your move. You turn to the scorpion and see see what looks like organs underneath. So you reach under and try to do an upward slash at the scorpion, and you you gush blood out of the bottom of it all over the ground in this canvas tarp that it's on. Uh, then you bring your knife around and try to go in from the top, but it's ineffective. Oh well. You know, it's nice to have members in our listening audience who stab scorpions often. Mister Soul Creek is an absolute Renaissance man. He is a man about town. He knows it all. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm done with my turn. Okay, wonderful. I didn't know if you had any more paladin stuff for us. No. What's up, Hale? Welcome to the stream, sister. Um, it is now going to be Thug Number One's turn, and he's going to turn to Jack and he's going to say, "Please, I beg of you, just let us go. We don't need the scorpion. This mad. We're sorry. We took your girlfriend, Scorpion. We'll leave you alone if you promise not to kill us." Well, if you start running, I don't know how many of us will chase you. He immediately turns <laughs> and begins sprinting away. <laughs> <laughs> we just oh. saw a very smoothly just... <laughs> um, and then the next order... Huh? You know, the, you know, like the thug life memes where the glasses come in from off screen onto the person's yeah. face. It was the opposite of that. It just like shot off the top of the screen. <laughs> yeah, because I've got it. I've got mine made a little, looking a little different, so I can still see him. Um, all right. So that being the case, as he runs away, he um, he yells he yells back to his friend. He says, "Come on, Curtis, they're letting us go." Uh, and Curtis. Curtis, Curtis says, wonderful. And he sprints away as well, or at least he tries to, Grim. Um, no, I'm going to let him go. All right. So they're running away. Um, but as they run away, oh, no, excuse me. So T, they're both running away. Kate is going to head in this way. She's going to run up to you to you guys. And she's going to say, "Oh, well, wonderful. You you were able to 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 scare those um more than scare off those thugs. Why'd you have to kill him so brutally?" 
Are we are we still in combat or no? Yeah, you're still in combat. She just asked a question. Grim does not answer. No? Okay. She says that as she's walking over towards where you guys are, um, she seems to be putting her bow back on her back. Combat feels as though it is drawing to a close, but the scorpion still twitches on the ground, and it is uh, going to be uh, Eros's turn again. Right beside you, Eros, a no, giant scorpion is no. twitching. I just went. I mean, uh, no, all, I thought you hit better than me. Oh, okay. It's your turn. I thought Arlo was first. Okay. So, I don't notice the scorpion, so I just answer for Kate. Grim, well, you, you watch Jack slash into the scorpion. Oh, I thought I didn't notice. Okay. You're standing no, right by it. Oh. A lot has happened since then. Remember, I dove across it and it tried to stab me. Oh, well, Kate was just like, like, and sheaving her bow, so I thought, like, well, okay, I, I guess Eros is done too. So, I guess we're done. Okay, so, Eros will run a little bit off from the scorpion, so a little away from the scorpion. A little okay. concerning. Concerned about this scorpion. Move away from the scorpion? Yeah, like, I don't want to mess <clears throat> with this right now. <laughs> you do know if you move away from it, it gets an opportunity attack, right? Oh, it does? Yeah. If you move outside of his area, he can try and stab you in the back while you run away like a little coward. Oh, okay, I guess... Um, but it, it did that, already right? use its reaction this round. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ah. Yeah. If Eros is first in the order, that's technically a new round, but you can use your action to disengage, and then it won't get that attack of opportunity. Yeah, but you don't, you don't get to do anything else but move. Okay. Well, I still want to attack the scorpion, so I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay. So I still am going to go a little bit like two blocks <clears throat> away from it. Okay. Two blocks. city blocks away. <laughs> it's also barely clinging to life. It may or may not move. So, and then I'm going to do Sacred Flame. To burn it. Alright. Sacred Flame. You move away and you cast Sacred Flame, which I know means this scorpion is going to have to roll a dexterity saving throw, which it will have disadvantage on. Um, so I'm going to roll. Dang, you can't keep the scorpion down. Plus a 12. What about a 16? That will not burn it. Wow. So this scorpion with is flailing around on the ground in pain. It, it slaps its tail against the ground and nudges itself out of the, out of the way of the sacred flame, just barely sliding around on this bloody canvas that is laying on. But you are unable to burn the scorpion, unfortunately. And then... Right after Wait, I'm does it take off. half damage? I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, half damage. What up? Sacred Flame. I feel so, like with Sacred Flame, you so. completely dodge it. Oh, I have yeah, to touch the thing. I think I did Sacred Flame then. Just keep going, John. Okay. So, and then right after my turn, I'm going to do Short of Faith. That's two spells. But it's my bonus action. Yeah, you can't. It, it, it's a thing. We we re recently uh, learned that you can't do an action spell and a bonus action spell. Ooh. Okay, and then I guess I'm done. No, then. but you can do sacred flames a cantrip. But it's an action cantrip. You can. Yeah, you can do a bonus action spell and an action cantrip in the okay. same turn. You just can't do a bonus action spell and an action spell in the same turn. But also, shield of faith lasts for ten minutes, so you're good on that one. You don't need to burn another spell slot on that. Okay, well, I just wanted to make sure. 
and then Sweet. I'm done. All right. Yeah. All right. So arrows cast sacred flame on the scorpion that flails about and gets away from it. Doesn't take any damage. Um, that makes it Arlo's turn. Well, shoot. Arlo says, Kaka! And yeah. I'm circling around overhead. And um, do I, <clears throat> let me, can I, can I just make a perception roll real quick? I want to see like in what direction are these, uh, these former enemies fleeing to it's a 28 okay. to percept. You are, you can easily see that they are about 60 feet North of this kerfuffle currently. And they Ooh. are heading back towards the town of Melora's quiver. Okay. So they're headed back towards the town. Okay. And you of course um, heard everything that was said about, they wanted to run away. Jack, let them go. Grim, let them go. Gotcha. 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 Okay. All right. So I guess I'm going in for El Scorpo. Um, I actually get, I have packed tactics, so I have advantage if one of my allies is nearby. So they are somebody within, I guess Jack would be the closest one. Cause you just tried to stab at it. Me and Grim are about the same distance. Yeah. Okay. Y'all are both right on top of it. So multi-attack, I'm going to go in and see if I can nip it with the old beak. Um, all That's right. a nine, probably not going to hit, and a sixteen. A nine will not. A sixteen Six. will hit. Okay, so beak attack is going to get six damage from that one, and then a twenty, not natural, or a seven. So probably the twenty. That's for a talon's attack. Um, a talon will hit. Nice, and that is a thirteen damage on the old rake it up with the talon. All right, so you fly in and try to nip it with your beak, but you're unable to. So let's say you get a little altitude, come back down, and land on it with your talons. Your talons are able to crack deeply into the exoskeleton of this scorpion. And as your talons go in, you can feel its organs, and you squeeze tightly, squishing through the scorpion's organs, feeling them turn to putty and juice within your fingers, and you pull your claw your talons out as they drip with blue scorpion blood and the scorpion's tail which was quite erect is now flat on the ground dead scorpion nice so I'm gonna take back off and I'm circling around overhead to see if there's any anybody else nearby okay just I'm just circling overhead vulture style gotcha well you do not Caca! <laughs> <laughs> Lest we forget that he is a giant, a giant vulture. Right. I can say two things: ka and ka. And mm. specifically in that order. Specifically in that order. Okay. Well, I will. I feel comfortable at this point saying that combat is now over. You sound comfortable. Woo. You had to take a little yawn. I apologize. It's all good. It's all good. I would like to loot the bodies. All right. You would like to loot the bodies. Very well. Well, um, the two bodies that lie beside the scorpions. um, For a second, I thought your camera froze, guys, but you're just all looking intently. Um, On the bodies of the thugs, they were wearing um, leather armor but the leather armor of the one that you killed with your knee 
is pretty much destroyed. It's pretty much leather scraps at this point. The other one is pretty well intact. They were also both carrying maces and heavy crossbows. Okay, hold up. Um, leather armor. No legendary enchanted items? or No. They didn't drop any orange, orange glowing guns or anything. What's no, up, random no, furniture? Welcome no to the stream, gauntlet. No. Yeah. no. Just half of one. Half of one? Okay. The pinky finger of an infinity gauntlet. That's all you really need right there. Mm-hmm. No stone, though. It's oh. pretty much just like a golden thimble. <laughs> the infinity thimble. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfectly sewn, as all things should be. Um, everybody, here we go. Combat's over. So Kate, Kate is uh, she's walking up to the dead scorpion. She walks over to the dead scorpion, like I described last time. Kate, full heart. She is a uh, fairly objectively beautiful um, young lass. She is in her, if you had to guess, probably early thirties uh, of age. She has long brown hair that's pulled back into a braid. Uh, she is carrying a, a long recurve bow. She looks very much the ranger. She's wearing leather boots uh, and like a, a, a tunic uh, and with a hood on it. Very rangers, very rangery style. Uh, Mr. Soul Creek has to go. It's 1 a.m. Have fun. We will do our best. Uh, Random Furniture, if you're about to fall asleep, let, a, let, our, let our sounds lull you off. I know you said that this put you to sleep last time. Uh, so you enjoy the sleep. Um, but she walks over to the scorpion and she stands next to it. She leans down on it and puts her elbow in it right in the blood that's leaking out of the top of it. And she says, well, thank you guys for all the help. Well, you're, well, you're welcome. Yes, Eros. Well, I didn't expect to see you here. Well, what, uh, what brings you and your... Um, friends here. Just an afternoon walk, if you know what I mean. You're um, thousands Eros. of miles away from where I last saw you. That's m- quite the walk. I, I don't know what's really happening right now. <laughs> a teddy bear just basically teleported us here. Oh, so so Justine brought you here. Okay. Well, well, introduce yourselves. I'm Kate Fullhart, uh, and I'm I'm assumed that. You know my in-laws? Grim is still. I heard. I can't say anything. Yeah, I, I have. I have no memory of this place. Somebody has to take it other than me. <laughs> All right, I forgot about that, Jack. Grim uh, is gonna <laughs> walk up at this point, um, and he's gonna say some words. Uh, yes, I, I suppose we do. Um, I actually have a letter for you from what's the what's the big guy's name, Keith? Torque. Torque. I have a letter for you from Torque, and oh, I great. pull it out of my pocket. She snatches the letter from you, um, you know, as if she's excited, not as if she's entitled to it. Uh, and she opens it up, and you can tell that she <laughs> reads this letter with with a with a bit of a longing. She, you can tell that she misses Torque. You can tell that he has written her something uh, something intimate. Uh, something between the two of them, and she smiles sweetly uh, and and rubs her hand on the note, and then she folds it and slips it into one of the pockets of her trousers. 
thank you. I appreciate you bringing me that note. I, I don't get to see my husband very often because I'm here on assignment, and uh, anything that I can get from him any time is is wonderful. Thank you. We are also on a bit of an assignment. Um, I believe we are supposed to be meeting you. I assume that would be the case. I can't can't imagine any other reason that that uh, Albert and Corinne would have sent Eros with you. Uh, we they they caught him spying uh, recently, and and we we paid we paid him a handsome fee to to switch sides, didn't we, Eros? Yes, it was a very great moment. Yes, getting paid normally is well. There's not a ton of pay in this for me. But we are trying to stage a mission into the Bone Mountains to retrieve a certain spherical object. I assume that's why you're here. Yes, it is. Yes. Splendid. Well, what say we walk into Melora's Quiver, see if we can't dodge any injured thugs uh, or any of their the rest of their crew, uh, and uh, you guys can grab any supplies you might need and and maybe even we'll catch a drink at the Krusty Crag while I explain what's going on. What about this thing? And Grim points to the um, scorpion. She says, well, uh, it, it, it certainly was my kill, and I, I intended to take back a few parts to town uh, to, to sell, and then the rest of it I was going to have prepared to be food to eat on our journey. Um, if if you'd like to help me drag it into town, I I'd be grateful. Sure. And Grim grabs whatever it is the guys were using to pull it. <clears throat> gotcha. I'll grab the other one. I'm down okay. with the other one too. Kaka. Okay. <laughs> so since since Arlo is still a vulture, uh, Kate yeah. grabs the the fourth rope, and she begins to pull. Um, do you intend to stay a vulture, Arlo, or what? What's your plan? Uh, at least till we get to, like, I guess the gate or entrance to the city or whatever town. Okay. Uh, as you guys are pulling, she, she leans, I guess she, so Grim and, and Kate are on the right side and Jack and Eros are on the left side of this big canvas as you're dragging a, a blue trail of scorpion into town. Um, and I'll go ahead and put that on our little display. Arlo's flying overhead. So you guys are dragging that <laughs> scorpion into town, uh, and she leans forward and she says, "I, I didn't, I didn't catch everyone's names. What, are, what are your names? I, I know Arrows here, but the rest of you." Oh yes, uh, forgive me. This is coming off the high of a battle. Uh, my name is Grim. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, Grim. Kate. My name is Jack, and. Uh... A friend up there in the sky is Arlo. Wonderful. It's a pleasure to meet you, Jack. I'm Kate. And uh, she looks up to Arlo and she says, Pleasure to meet you, Birdman. My name's Kate. I kind of like dip the old wings a little bit. Just like a little nod, kind of. Okay. She uh, she also turns to the party and says, A druid, I assume, or is he particularly cursed? Oh, no. He is just a standard druid. Or, well, maybe standard is the wrong word, but he is druid. <laughs> In my experience, there's nothing standard about druids, Grim. <laughs> that is true. Although you should try being raised with a wild magic sorcerer. That is not an easy task, I tell you. 
I've not had the pleasure of meeting one. I'd f- I fear I may not wish for it. it. It makes life interesting. I'll say that is the least. Very well. Let's let's drag this thing to town, shall we? I should I should stop talking and and pull my weight. And you all begin to pull. You pull and you pull and you pull, and it's about um, we it's about a mile or so. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's about a mile or so uh, that you guys are, are going into town. And Can I, um, before we like segue into other stuff, I guess I want to get as much mileage out of my, my wild shape as I can. Can I like fly over the town and see if there's any points of interest or things that stand out to me? Of course. You can absolutely fly over the town and cool. see if there are any points of interest. I even have an image that will help you with that. Ooh, an image. And I don't normally do this. I should, but I'd like to thank everybody who is uh, who is hanging out here with us on the stream. I appreciate you, and if I, if you're listening to the podcast, I appreciate you as well. Hope that you will forgive our shortcomings and enjoy the show. All right. So this is what you see, young man. This is what you see. Drum roll, um, please. Do you see what I, what I see? Uh, I believe we do. Oh, I see it. Oh. I see Tinty City Market and Krusty <laughs> Krag. <laughs> it's not supposed to say Tinty City, but... Um, <laughs> Is that where you yeah. keep all the skeletons? Yes, yes, that's where I keep and all the my thug, skeletons. The, the Thugnificent. Thug Fort, Krusty Krab, and Tent City. All right, so obviously you don't know that's you don't know that's the Thug Fort. So please uh, negate that knowledge for me. That's where but, they park all the thugs. Obviously, yes. that's where they keep all the skeletons too. Right, Thug skeletons. Skeleton um, thug. Who am I missing? I'm missing it's Young Arrows. How could you forget me? So Not I don't have my glasses on because it had a horrible glare across them when we were using the webcam last time. Mm-hmm. You typed in arrows and the little little R's on this thing, for my eyes, it makes it look like Amos. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like that. I can see that. It's Amos now, Moses. Amos Moses was a king. Right? <laughs> All right, so you guys are making your way into Melora's Quiver. Arlo, you fly over. Show roll, roll for me, and investigation or uh, not uh, just a uh, a perception check, please. Wow, um, that's a nine. <laughs> a nine. Okay, so you fly over and you get the general lay of the land with that nine. You can see what looks like it could be a marketplace or something kind of in the middle of the town. It takes up most of the town. You can see that many of these buildings are made, uh, are not buildings at all, but tents that are becoming semi-permanent. Some of these tents still have tent roofs, but some of them have been had makeshift uh, wooden walls made up. Uh, Ceasefire on the description. There's actually a plus three to that. So that's a 12. I forgot I was a vulture. I don't know if that affects anything. It will affect something. So you just notice that the, the tent city slash market in the middle of town, you can see people buying and selling uh, in the center of town there. 
On the east side of town, you can see one large building that, while it looks like shoddy construction, it also looks like new construction. It's a, it looks like some, someone is trying to build a, a fort or some sort of enclosure. Uh, and inside that, that building, you can see a few um, large dudes roaming around um, inside that building and a couple of wagons. Uh, also, on the west side of town, you can see what is obviously a tavern because you can read um, uh, wood-burned, a big wood-burned sign. There's a big stein that has been wood-burned into a circular piece of wood, and across that is another board that is kind of hammered over the top of it that says the Krusty Crag. Um, nice. And across the street from that is the, the Chum Bucket. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not. But the Krusty Crag is there. You can tell that's a tavern. And you can see your companions walking into town at the southwest side of town as they enter Malora's Quiver, dragging a scorpion. Nice. I guess I'm going to head over towards where they are. I'm looking to see wherever they they stop or enter or whatever. And I'll just be my old Arlo okay. self and I'll... I'll explain to them what I see. So there you go. So you intend to land and do that now or wait for them to do something? I'll wait until they get to wherever their destination is. Okay. So you guys drag into the edge of town and uh, Kate points over towards that tent city slash market area. And she says, that over there is where all the buying and selling is done. I, I, I have some men that I know that will come and butcher the, the scorpion for me uh, and, and take it and have it prepared in the ways that I would like for it prepared. Um, whenever they do that, I will have some gold that I can share with the, the four of you. Uh, the, the druid is okay with, with money, is he not? He Nothing special about him. He, he, he'd want to share, wouldn't he? As far as I know. I believe he had an arrangement I like money. With you believe what, Grim? Didn't he, out of character, didn't he have an arrangement with... Were you holding on to Burb's money? Yeah, he uh, was holding on Josh, to Burb's money. Was, oh, the other yeah. way around. Okay. There we go. So that's that's where I get some extra cash from. Okay. Because Burb kept stealing okay. everything. That's true. That's true. <laughs> he had sticky feathers for sure. Uh, right. So Grim, Grim actually doesn't say anything because I, I was mistaken. I thought Jack was holding on to, to Arlo's money. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I'll, I'll have a share for money for him then. Uh, every, all of you will get will get a share. I'm not sure what we'll get for the scorpion, but uh, I'll give you all a share because, after all, it was you who killed it and not me. Well, that is appreciated. Um. So she dra she you know you guys over hang out over here near the tent city, over there, and she says. Okay, I have a few errands to run. Um, it was, of course, a pleasure to meet you, and I hope to see you uh, this evening at the Krusty Crag, then? Yes, we will be there, certainly. And I think where... Wait, we can see the sign, right? Yeah. Okay. It's right across the street from you. Right, she points yeah. to the building across the street. She says, it's right there. You can't miss it. Absolutely, we'll be there. Okay, so she she says, uh, if you need have some shopping you need to do, you're welcome to do so, or if you would just like to wander around town and see the sights. Uh, I will say this, though, Melora's Quiver is a, is a hive of scum and villainy like you have never seen. Be careful. 
keep your weapons at an arm's reach at least, and don't take any crap from anyone. Um, speaking of weapons, do you know a good place to buy some? Absolutely. There are, pl- there are plenty of places from which you can procure a weapon, but I have to recommend there's, there's a new fellow in town over the last week or so uh, who is who's making quite a buzz in the, in the city market uh, with his wares of, of blacksmithery. I see. You want to check that out, Jack? Uh, I wouldn't mind checking it out. Do you know the fellow's name? Um, I can't remember, but it, it has a, it has a musical quality to it. It, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it, it has a certain, a certain musical, onomatopoeic quality. I'm sure we'll recognize it when we find him. <laughs> this was Juice's collar. <laughs> <laughs> He's destroyed he it on camera. Yes. Holy Uh-oh. cow! Everyone, smile, f- smile for juice. But you don't have to. Stupid, stupid dog. Yeah. <laughs> stupid dog. Anyway, uh, she says as well. There more than just blacksmithery and things going on. There are several. Vendors smell, selling magical items, uh, particularly charismatic uh, fellow who loves to sling a magic item or two. I've admittedly, admittedly, have bought a few things from him. Um, so I imagine you'll be able to do quite a bit of shopping. But I really must go. And she turns and she says, "See you later. I'll see you at the Krusty Crag." And she Bye. turns and trots off through the market. Seeing Kate leave the party, Arlo wants to come in for uh, a landing and become his old Arlo-y self. Very well. The people around you are not particularly alarmed by such behavior. Normally people are like at least kind of concerned whenever someone's turned from a vulture into a human being. Uh, but these people are just... the Melora's Quiver seems to be a, a well-adjusted place where anything kind of happens. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, and Keith, I, I was... Um, thinking about it earlier, aren't um, what was it? Warlocks and druids—they're the ones that are kind of like looked down on, right? Uh, there, yeah. So there are different levels of magiciness. The let so the more natural your magic ability, the uh, more the other magic folks would look down upon you in this land. Magic folks are a cut above the folks who don't do magic. But say if you were a well-learned wizard, you might look down on a sorcerer or a warlock, or someone who did not have to hone and and train themselves for their craft, that it was just given to them or purchased through the uh, forfeiture of their soul. Got it. I remember there was like a something going on there, but I couldn't remember all the details. How would that yes. fit with Druid? Because Druid does, they do train for everything they know. Yeah. So dr- Druids are like, training. I think it just is kind of a, a, depend, a, a thing that, it, it kind of depends. Like the, this world has definitely made a, a transference to uh, it's getting more metropolitan. The people in the capital, it's kind of like kind of like Hunger Games. Like the people in the capital feel like a cut above the people who live out in rural areas. So it's almost like I guess the druids are seen as the best the the country folk can do sometimes. So you're kind of middle of the road when it comes to a magic wielder. It's not going to open too many doors for you, but. Uh, it might, um, you know, gain the respect of people out in the boonies. 
Nice. Okay. I can work with that. Okay. So I land. I'm my magical and beautiful self again. And uh, I want to address the, the party. So that was, uh, that was Kate, was it? Yes, it was Kate. I thought that's what I heard. Um, she said she's going to pay us a little bit for that scorpion we tenderized earlier. Yes, she did yes. agree about that. She claimed that we killed it, not her. Though we just sort of re-killed it. Yeah. Tenderized. She did kind of injure it, but like, I didn't want to say that. I wanted the money. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, fellas, just did a little once-over on everything, and I mean, you can see this big tinny-looking city over here, and as that place across the road looks like you can get something to eat, but there's a big, uh, looks like a, looks like they're putting in kind of a fortress or something like that. Big bulging men over in, in that, that area. Big, uh, big fellas over there. Um, looks Kate, like there might, might be something going on. Kate did say there was a lot of, uh, new people in the market. Maybe they're sort of expanding. Maybe Let they're putting in new guard posts. I don't know. Look, look a little bit much for just a guard post. Looks like a, a whole whole building by itself. I don't know. We might want to check that out a bit later. Let's check that out tomorrow. But I would like to see the Ooh. new person that's selling things. If that is fine with y'all. Yep. What, Grim? I agree. Okay. All right. You guys heading into the marketplace? Yep. We do that. All right. So you head into the marketplace. You head into the tent city slash marketplace. The place is a bustle. There are people walking in front of you, behind you, completely non-COVID style. Uh, they are, you know, you're, you, there is a throng, I would call it a throng of people. You are in and out of the throng. Uh, and there are several shops, some well-established, some brand new. Uh, looking down the aisles, you can see a few signs and banners hanging out. Um, one of them, let me read them out to you. Some of the ones that stand out to you are, you see a sign that is uh, a piece of wood, and on the sign hanging out into the street that you're walking down, you can see that on that sign, uh, the the words, of the, the, the title of the store is fashioned out of a piece of rope, and the the uh Excuse me. The store is called Notting But the But the Best, K N O T T I N G. Notting But the Best. Uh, <laughs> down the street from that, you can see a bit large rock out in front of a darkly colored tent, and on that rock is painted in white paint the words "Cave Savers." Across the street from that store is a tent you know all too well. It is a dark tent. It is large. It has the uh, you know the special foyer with the two poles holding up the entrance way of the tent. It is dark inside, but from the inside you can hear the charismatic voice of Freegis, a yeah. voice you know very well. Uh, Freegis, the magic man with magic booty, and then. Beyond beyond this area, down towards the end of the street, in a this stall does not even have a roof over it yet. It's brand new, but you can tell there's a forge there. And roll a perception check for me. Ooh, everybody! And then 
After yeah, everybody roll a perception check, and after you roll the perception check, roll an intelligence check. Fourteen on perception, and then a twelve on intelligence. So fourteen and twelve. Okay. Um, nat twenty on perception and a twelve on intelligence. Okay. Seventeen on intelligence and twelve on perception. Okay. 18 on perception and 13 on intelligence. All right. So arrows, you didn't really have to roll the intelligence. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Um, but the three of them are trying to remember something you, the three of you and arrows, you look down and you see an orcish gentleman at the forge, a big burly orcish gentleman. And you recognize this orcish gentleman as Krong. From the market city, from the market district of Launsum, the place where you bought the trident, Poxy, uh, the place where everything is crawling strong. Hey Keith, oh yeah, yo, I must use the bathroom. I shall return. All right, go ahead, Keith. I have no memory of this man. It was oh. like one of the so first Jack has no, no, no. I I know who he is. I oh yeah, him. you're right. Jack has no memory of this man. You're right. right, Jack. You have no memory of this man. That's correct, because you are fresh. You are fresh off the interplanar boat. <laughs> um, so yeah, these are the things you see. These are the main stores. Of course, if there are items that these stores don't have that you believe a market district of an area might have, um, you are welcome to ask me if that kind of thing is here, and I will tell you if it is here or not. Um, but this place is very much. Uh, the the name of this of this town is not lost on you, in that it's called Melora's Quiver. You guys recognize the name Melora as the goddess of adventuring, the goddess of the unknown, and the idea of Melora's Quiver. You understand that that name is that it is a staging ground for those who wish to journey into the Bone Mountains seeking treasure and glory for themselves. So, like an arrow lives in a quiver before it is fired from the bow. So do people hang out in Melora's quiver before they are fired into the Bone Mountains by their desire for adventure, glory, and gold. Until they splatter against the rocks. (laughs) Correct. I kind of like the name Notting But The Best, so I think we should go there first. Yes, do we want to just make a full circuit? I mean, these seem to be the most happening places. Well, I'll tell you what, we could try the whole full circuit, but... um... Jack, do you do you not remember Freegis? You don't. Uh, Keith, has Freegis ever come through Fark? Yeah, you you bought stuff from Freegis and Fark. Okay, but he he as a paladin from another plane or whatever happened. But he he still would have made the same circuit through Fark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I I've known Freegis for quite a while. He comes through Fark just about every year. You're particularly fond of his mouth of minty. Right. (laughs) Icy tablets. I got some of those a while back, like before we even got on the boat. Yeah, you were like, you were wild shaped or something. I had to to buy them for you. I was carrying them for you for a long time. I was staying with the wagon full of scales that we lost on the ship. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, basilisk scales. We had a bunch of those, which we find that actually have very little value in uh, normal D&D settings. Uh, Arlo, do you know who Freakus is? It turns out Freakus. 
Freegis. Everybody Freegis. knows who Freegis is. What are you talking like, tell, tell you what, come on this way. Let's, uh, let me introduce you to to, uh, to somebody named Freegis. Well, awesome. Let's go. Boys. <laughs> okay. And then we bust up in there. All right, Grim, are you also? Uh, yeah, I'm going to free just. Did we go anywhere else? Nope. Okay, cool. Not yeah, yet. I'm, I'm going to to there. Okay. Now you remember? So free you guys too, right? walk into. Everybody knows free just. I don't. I don't. Yeah. You guys walk into the tent of free just. And Freegis as is just uh, ushering some other customers out, almost as if you're on the way. And he says, "Well, hello there, my friends. Welcome back to my tent of magic wonders. I never forget a face, and I remember all four of you. Actually, I think I only remember three. I don't recognize you, little horned boy. What's your name? My name's Eros. Thank you, Eros. That's that's quite a name and quite a color of your skin. I've not met met too many too many young boys with red skin. Uh, forgive me if I stare. It's okay. I is fine. Cool. You seem to be taking on the quality of my voice. That is the that is the <laughs> the purest form of flattery. Anyway, uh, Grim, it's good to see you as well as Arlo. But I've got a question for you, Jack. You don't seem like the right Jack. Know what I'm saying? That's very perceptive of you, Freegis. Um, I know you quite well, but I know a different you as well. Is that so? Do tell, do tell. I, it, it's a bit confusing, and we haven't worked it all out yet, but I don't believe that my mind is of this world. This you is, don't believe your mind is of this world? I, don't I frequently that, feel the same way. I see. Is it? Does that have anything to do with how you seem to be in every place at every time? I'm just very observant, Mr. Jack, and I like to be where I'm needed, and I have a knack for knowing where I'm needed and being where I'm needed to be. Uh, That's of no concern of yours. I just know that I can smell something a little freaky when I sniff it. I see. Well, there's, there's a version of you from where I come from as well. And he's much like you are. I'm sure he's only half as handsome, though. Or perhaps doubly so, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> he stroke. He strokes his beard. I believe Freegis is a dwarf, is he not? Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah, he's a dwarf. I think. I don't remember what his hair looks like. This. So Freegis has shaved his head since last time you've seen him. He's completely bald, with a big long beard, and he's got oh. his like regal-looking robes on. Well, Freegis, what do you have? Well, let me show you what I have, young man. I got a few things. And he pulls out a, uh, his his wares. He says, as always, I've only got one or two or three or four or five nickety knacks for you guys to peruse uh, and possibly procure. But they're all good things. Oh, nice. uh, so... He pulls out a few things and he lays them on the on the countertop. The first thing he lays out is a box of clothing, uh, and in a box that is labeled "Go Go Garments." He says, "These clothes, no matter whether you're hot, cold, or somewhere in between, will ensure that you are prepared to be comfortable." in that weather. Let's say you're on top of a mountaintop in the freezing snow, or maybe you're down in a volcano being covered in lava. Well, it's probably not going to work in lava, but maybe let's say you're in a hot climate. These clothes will make sure you're either cool or warm or, you know, whatever you need to be in reason. 
Yes, those might be helpful. Uh, Your world, Jack, seemed to enjoy his black clothing. It's a bit stifling for me, though. How many does he have? Does he have like does he's just one pair? Is it enough for all? No, it's a it's a box. So it, so uh, trying to communicate that if you if everybody wants some, you can have some. Um, yes, I think those would be a good idea to have a new Jack. Um, I think they'd be quite useful as it is suddenly become much hotter than mere moments ago. I like how we've designated new Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you want to hear what else I got, or you want to uh, make a purchase? I would like to hear what you have first. Uh, they are 30 gold pieces. You might think that's kind of steep, but I can assure you they are worth their weight in 30 pieces of gold. Oh, Frigis, I know your wares are worth every gold. That so they what are. what else you got in there? Let me. I'll run. I'll run them through for you. How about this? He slaps a pair of boot, a pair of shoes, onto the counter. He says, "These are called the redo shoes. You ever make a mistake and want to go back in time for about six seconds? Well, these shoes can do just that. You click the heels, and you're gonna peel right on back uh, to be able to correct some issues that might have just occurred." And while you're looking at that, let me show you this. He pulls out a small leather-bound book, and he places it on the table, and he says, This is called the Journal. It's a small little book that populates itself with everything you've ever killed. So let's see you let's say you've killed a, a pastel of monkeys, or maybe you've killed yourself a gorgon, or maybe you've killed yourself a dragon. Every time you kill it, it'll write this book will write itself down with that animal's information as well as its possible values, uh, if sold, all kind of good stuff. I love this thing. I'm not much of a killer myself, but I've had a few reviews on it, and they seem to be quite satisfied. Arlo's kind of just rubbing the old chin there, very intrigued. Grim, you seem to like that, to search people and see what their value is. Who was he? Was Eros addressing someone? Grim. Uh, okay. Well, what do you mean their value, Eros? I'm a bit confused. Well, when we killed those thugs, you searched them, see what they had. So I assumed that you were seeing how much, see what their value was, and see anything good, at least. Oh, uh, no, mostly I was just grabbing their arms and armor to sell. Um,. I, I've gotten a taste of it, just just a minor taste, and it seems a, a shame to waste good product and let it rot out in the desert. So at least this way I figure we can become a bit more self-sustaining as opposed to waiting for benefactors to pay us for our good deeds. Don't I know it, my brother? Man makes a good point. And Eros, I believe the Jornil, it it's related more along the lines of creatures rather than beings such as us carrying armor. Well, it sounds like New Jack is right on track. Mm-hmm. You seem to have a store. Do you work with anything? Any animals? I was I was a butcher, yes. I'd, I've disassembled the odd uh, monster brought in by some adventurers around Bark. Uh, I might be interested in it. How much are you selling it for? That's a measly ten gold pieces for the journal. Um... Yes, if no one else wants it, I, I believe I'll go ahead and make that purchase. 
All right, he reaches out his heavy dwarven hand and to receive your coin. Any other takers? So, Anybody want to outbid me? I, I'm good. No, you, you go for it. That is all you. Cool. So, Freezer said... I uh, give him ten. Looks like you got a bit more on the table there. What, what else you got? <laughs> Presumptive of you to assume I have more items back here. Well, but of course I do. Five or six things. Yeah. So. Of, cor- of course I do. He pulls out a bag and he sets it on the oh. table and he says... This is what I like to call the Mimic. If you'll see, this looks like a medium-sized leather pouch, and it can be hooked onto your clothing, but it's actually a Mimic named Mick. And he, like, uses his index finger and tickles the edge of the bag, and you can hear the bag giggle a little bit. (laughs) And uh, it says, uh, and Mick doubles as a bag of holding now he's friendly to whoever's wearing him but hostile to anything that enters or tries to grab him without permission let's say someone defeats mick in combat though he'll spill his contents onto the floor just like you'd spill your guts if someone sliced you open i slap my hand down on the table and say i'll take him (laughs) all right (laughs) that'll be a hundred gold pieces young man oh that is steep but well worth it i'm sure I fork it over. Okay. He takes out his heavy dwarven hand, his meaty sausage fingers, puts them in the bag. Put Well, he puts his gold in his bag. <laughs> <laughs> Reaches right into your coin purse. Yep. Feel of so, your gold. <laughs> so as you grab the Mimic bag... Uh, when you grab it, uh, you can f- you can feel that the bag is like oddly warm, like a you know creature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you grab it, it goes. I I give it a little tickle, like uh, what's his face did. Free just yeah. <laughs> so what else you got, Frigus? All right, and he says, "I'll be honest with you; those are the most valuable things I've got." But then he picks up like a wood, like a milk crate, a wooden crate full of like little trinkets and doodads, and he says, "Now let me tell you something. I got no love for the gods, but it seems like a couple of you boys are magic boys, and I tend to give these things out for free um, to, to people what want them. And I'll be honest, I've, I've got the aura. I feel like one of y'all is is in need of." Of something I've got in this box of, of holy symbols or whatever the heck they may be. So one of y'all, I don't know, arrow somebody. Y'all root around in here and see if you need anything. Frigis, your sixth sense is uncanny. I, in my world, am a paladin. And in this world, I am not. I've been in search of a symbol of my goddess Melora for quite some time. Well, not quite some time, just since I got here. Well... What you know what they say? I I do have a bit of a sixth sense. That's how I always know y'all are coming. Anyway, root around in there, see if you find anything. As you begin to root around, Bryce, you are drawn to in the bottom of this in this bottom of this crate is a (laughs) shiny golden arrowhead, which you recognize immediately could be a holy symbol of the goddess Melora, the goddess of adventure. Oh, this, this seems to be exactly what I'm looking for. How convenient. Splendid. And it's almost as if all things have been orchestrated for some unique plan or something crazy like that. 
truly my goddess Melora smiles upon me this day. And how much did you say you wanted for it? Ah, oh, just take it. I don't really care much for the gods myself. To be honest, I ain't heard much of a god in my lifetime. Well, there's one out there for us all. There, there's many, and you are a man of many places. Perhaps you'll stumble across your god one day. Possibly I will. Possibly. Anyway, fellas, that's all I got there. If you would like to revisit the go-go garments or the redo shoes, uh, those are the only things I have left for you. Yeah, um, Regis, while we're contemplating on that, let me let me talk to you here for just a second. I kind of want to, like, do the old, like, come here hand gesture. Okay, he leans down, puts his big dwarven elbows on the table. Yeah, Regis might, might have some information. I don't know if you've, you've heard about it, but remember, we, we got them tickets for the uh, passage on the Winterford's Waddle? Yes, yes, you did. Well, um, you might not want to be producing any more of them tickets anytime soon. We don't we don't really know what what has become of the the old Winterford. Arlo, are you are you referring to the the hulking f- creature of nightmarishness that occur- appeared on the last voyage of the Winifred Dwaddle? Are you possibly referring to the shipwreck that occurred not not long after that? I've been in tune. I've I've heard the news. So you you you're a fairly well informed fellow. Oh, I pride myself on it. Right. Well, what, where's the shipwreck at? Now that's going to be my little secret. <laughs> well, all right, all right. I will find out from you at some point. Because sure. we lost What's our a... wagon. We want our wagon back at some point. But we, I'm going to find out from you at some point. Absolutely. What's a relationship between between two friends without a little bit of mystery, Arlo? Um, quite a bit. <laughs> Tell you what, what's 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 the deal with these go go garments? What what what's, what's you got going on there? Uh, the go go garments. He says these are the ones that uh these you know if if you need a jacket it'll be a jacket. If you need a, a heavy coat it'll be a heavy coat. If if you need to be warm it'll warm you up. If you need to be cool it'll shrink down. Uh, it'll just make sure you, these clothes make sure you're as comfortable as you can be. Uh, wherever or whenever you might find yourself. Now, they may be comfortable, but are they stylish? Uh, yes, absolutely. Very stylish. They keep track of the, the of the common styles. Oh. Well, all right, then. But are, are as you can see. Disappointed. <laughs> as you can see, fur and leather are in, 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 my friend. Would you be willing to make a deal for four full sets being fetched? Are you talking about a group rate, my friend? I ain't nothing if not a lover of group rates. Absolutely. I assume all four of you would like to be adorned in go-go garments. Oh, yes, definitely. Very I well. I desire to be fashionably comfortable. Me too. You know what? I'll knock 20 gold pieces off the price if you'll give me 100 gold flat. Work for everyone else. That sounds like a deal yeah. to me. I suppose that'll do. Mm-hmm. He reaches out his heavy dwarven hands. I will. Contribute my twenty-five gold. I'm gonna do the same. Same. I do it as well. Tell you what, okay. you got a pair of them shoes coming my size. Uh, yes, that's the wonderful thing about a magical item. It fits the feet. It fits the feet upon which it flies. So uh, that'll be thirty-five gold pieces for the redo shoes, if you like. Thirty-five is yeah. 
I do well, see. You had, you ask steep price there, Frazier, but you, you've always been good to us. You always got good stuff. I'll get you 35. Splendid. Oh, thank you so much. I'd imagine it's, these shoes are like almost as big as Arlo's leg. Yeah, they're pretty big. <laughs> but whenever and, you put them on, they shrink down. Frigis, would you be interested in buying? What are you selling? Um, a few basic things. Uh, this leather armor and a rapier. And a I hate to, coat. I hate to turn you down, Jack, but. Do you see a regular thing in this place? Uh, no, I suppose not. I got <laughs> no use for a regular thing, brother. I can't. I can't sell it. If I can't sell it, I won't buy it. Very well. Then how about this? And I want to take out the uh, Gorgon's gaze, the uh, paralysis gauntlet thing made from the okay. eye of the basilisk. As soon as he sees it, you hear him go, "Ooh, what you got there?" Um. Careful with it, but you can feel free to look it over. It's called the Gorgon's Gaze. It is the eye of a basilisk, and it can paralyze an opponent if it looks into the eye in the palm. Splendid. How much you want for this thing? I think I can take it off your hands. How much are you looking to sell it? Uh, looking to buy it for? Mm, I'll give you twenty-five gold for it. I spent. 35 with you. How about we split the difference and you give me 30 for it? You draw a hard bargain, Jack, but absolutely. Fantastic. It's always a pleasure to do business with you. It's always a pleasure to see my favorite customers, to be honest. Don't tell anybody else that's been in here, though. <laughs> I want to reach out to shake his hand, like, just confirm the deal. Okay, he reaches he out just... and gives you a big meaty free just handshake and when you shake his hand his hand he's alarmingly strong like he's he is a dwarf so you would expect him to be strong but like that hand feels like it could it could crush something like he's he's a just there's more to the free just than meets the eye based on this handshake it seems based on this whole encounter obviously <laughs> yeah free just you're a good man no matter what world you're in I don't want to put that on a robe or something, Jack. That's a that's a wonderful catchphrase. <laughs> I might put it on the t-shirts. I might sew it in the ceiling of this tent. Well, thank you. All right, y'all. Uh, quit quit gawking. Get... I got more customers now. Come on. So is there any more stores around us, you see? Yes. Uh, only the ones you saw on the way in. I haven't made any more while you've been inside. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to tip my hat to Frigis. Thank you, sir. I'm sure we're going to find you again. I'm sure of it. Does Free just say that as though he could have, but he just chose not to this time? <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> oh, Free That's up to you. Um, <clears throat> I also, uh, I say thank you for your business once again, and then I leave. Absolutely, Grim. I hope you make good use of those items. And you treat Mick, you treat Mick well now. And he waves to you all. Oh, I will. And I give Mick a little, just a soft little pat on his back. <laughs> uh, I'll have to learn what his voice sounds like. As we're as we're walking out, I kind of want to like elbow Grim a little bit, I guess, in his knee. I don't know how far I can reach on Grim. I, uh, yeah. Krong? Krong? You, you want to go by Krong? You remember Krong, right? 
Yes. Um, sorry, it took me a moment to understand what you were saying. Yes, I was. that was actually my next destination. If you boys had other things to do, I, I don't know that any of the other shops will interest me, but I would love to uh, let him know that we still have pokes and maybe see if he can do something with it. Uh, maybe his, uh, his skills have advanced a little bit. Hmm. Um, before we go to any more stores, I'd just like you all to know that uh, your Jack's equipment is not exactly what I would normally use, and I plan to sell much of it, other than the few items I know are personal to us. Um, but I'd like to give you all first pick before I sell it to any of the others. Um, Jack appears to have been carrying a, a guide to wizarding, if either if, if any of you would be interested in it. What? Jack had a book on him? Yes, it was a book of wizardry. I, um, might if I hold on to that? Yes. He was, uh, he was teaching me how to read the words and everything. I see. Well, if you ever need to have your lessons brought back up, I'd be happy to help you. You sure? Uh, yes, no problem. Arlo gets a little misty-eyed. Thank you. No matter which <clears throat> Jack it is, it always seems to be a seems to be a goodness about you. Don't get too emotional on me, Arlo. Just hand me that book. <laughs> I hand him that book. I'm going to grab that <laughs> book, and I'm just going to look at it for a second. And I want to, can I roll an intelligence check to see if I can read maybe like one or two of the words on the cover or something? This is like a primer. Sure. Arcane. It's a nine. <laughs> can I try um, to you it? can make out the word. You can make out the word wiz- wizard on the front. Okay. I'm, you sounded out wizard. Ar- Arlo is happy with that. It is progress. Well done, Arlo. Okay. I'll get there. Get there. Got a lot of got a lot of these to get through. Eros, I believe you can just read. Okay. Well, I have like an average reading skill, so yeah, I can read. Yeah. So you can read. Okay. You can just generally read. Um, well, that's just like some special you, reading or something. No. Do you want to know the title of the book? Is that what you're asking? Uh, no, although I was dumb, so I thought I didn't know. I kind of forgot I could read. Okay, no, you can definitely read. Oh, my life. Um, all right. So as you guys walk down the street, I'd like you for for you to roll. I need um, Arlo. Arlo's at the front of the pack and coming out of this store. I'm gonna call it. So Arlo, roll a little perception check for me, bud, man. I got a twelve to perceptify. Down the street. Inside Krong's, uh, inside of Krong's booth, he has some help. Hmm. He's being helped by a small creature, a height that you recognize. You can hear the subtle scratch of of nails on the ground. Uh, a sound that's familiar to you because you were just a vulture. The sound of talony feet walking across the ground and you can tell that he is being helped out by a feathered companion with a beak that looks very much like burb like 
Bum, bum, bum. You can't no tell whether it's Burb or not from here, but it definitely looks like it's a creature of the same... Um, what have you. The same race. Noticing this, I'm putting on a little extra steam. I want to... I really want to get up to where where Chrome is like working on some stuff, but I don't mm-hmm. want to approach just yet. I kind of want to watch for just a second to see if I notice anything burptastic going on before I make okay. a better yep. fool of myself. Gotcha. Grim is gonna just walk right on by, like he's he's focused on the um, the shop. Okay. You got you other two headed for the shop as well? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so you, you arrive at the shop. I and, did need premium. <laughs> <laughs> you, you arrive at the shop, and Krong is turned around backwards. He is hammering something on an anvil, and right beside him is a kinku uh, companion of his holding a bucket of water. Uh, ready for him to cool off whatever is on the forge or however water is used in forging. Um, and, you know, he's he's standing there next to him, and, and they don't really notice you walk up. So the three, the four of you are standing now at the, uh, you know, the, the table that separates you from the inside of his stall, watching him do his work, and you can hear, Tung! 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 Hold it steady now! Tung! Marla's standing yeah, back a little bit. I'm like outside the shop. Yeah, so it, there's not even a roof on this thing. You know, it's just open air. Open air forge. That'll work. Chrome um, was an orc, correct? Yep. Okay. Normally Jack I has an aversion. So I don't see that here. Sorry, Grim. Okay. Go ahead. Hello, Krong. <laughs> Hello there, sir. Welcome to Krongs, where everything you buy and everything I make is Krong strong. Oh yes, I know that. I I bought your beloved Trident Poxy from you many, many days ago. Wait a second. You is the one who bought Poxy off of me, you is? How is Poxy doing, me love? Um, I pull it from off my back, and I say, uh, quite well, I think. It's been serving me wonderfully. Ooh, splendid. May I hold her for a moment, please? Sure. He takes Poxy out of your hands, and he grabs it, and he brings the points of the blade up to his nose, and he he inhales. <sighs> oh, yes. She has seen some action, has she not, mister? Action and betrayal on a friend of ours. Betrayal, you say? What type of betrayal has my Poxy been involved in? I lent her to someone who needed a weapon, and that person ended up betraying us. Nearly got away with Poxy, too, but did not let that happen. Oh, mister, what's your name again, sir? Grim. Mister, you must be more careful. Poxy was not a lash made for betrayal. She was not made for the killing of innocents. She was made for the killing of what needs killing. You must be more careful, Mr. Grimm, please. I promise I, I will be more careful with her. Um, but is it is actually quite curious to see you here. What are you doing so far away? So far away from where, sir? Lonesome. 
Oh, 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 excuse me. It's, it's been a whirlwind of the last couple of months, it has. Uh, let me be honest with you. I can see two of your other companions here, right next to the boy with the red skin and horns. Hello, young man. How do you do? Hello. You're a new face. Thank yes, you. Hello, hello. Work on your manners, son. Work on your manners. Somebody's talking to you. Maybe I'm taller than you. You ought to offer me your some respect. But of course, I see. Hi, I remember Sorry. your friends over here. Uh, the the one that what used to wear the mask that he had, and then the, the short fellow there with can't touch the metal. I remember them both. After you boys came cutting cutting through lonesome like a swath of yellow jackets just destroying everything and killing the constable and just stirring up the whole town nothing really got the same i wasn't making my sales like i'd used to everyone was afraid hiding in their homes the the uh the continental army of the high council came through and started throwing people in jail not a lot of business to be had in loathsome so i said krong what will i do and then i said to myself krong why don't we go to where everyone will want to buy things at a Krong Strong, Melora's Quiver. And so now we're <clears throat> Well, that is a, certainly a tale. At any rate, I'm glad to see you. I um, have recently been curious of Poxy. Is there any way you could make her stronger? Make her stronger? Hmm... I suppose I could reinforce her, maybe. Make her a little bit more potent for the poking, I suppose. It'll take me some time, though. You'll have to leave me. You'll have to leave her with me for a little bit of time. Oh, that's fair. I, uh, I would be more than happy to do that. If you can return her to me stronger and better than before, that would be fantastic. But another point of business for me, and then I, I should be done, I believe. Um. Are you interested in buying these wares? And I show him the the stuff that I collected. Hmm, I see some maces here, I see some leather. Hmm, I, I, could, I could melt down the maces and make them into something grong strong for sure. Not much I can do with that leather. I'm about to cut it into strips and use it for fashionings for the things that I make. I could take some of that stuff off your hands, I could, absolutely. Okay, um... So how are we doing that? Are we doing it based off like half the prices? Um, yeah, we can do it. We can do it like that. Sure. Okay. Um, so is he taking all all the stuff, all five items? Um, or is he just taking the armor and maces? What all do you? What other items do you have? The two heavy crossbows. The two heavy crossbows. Yeah, he'll he'll take those. Um. One of your pieces of armor, though, I said was pretty mangled, so he's gonna probably take a quarter of that price. Oh, I only got. I just, I just left that one. I only got. The oh, one. okay, cool, gotcha. Um, yeah, then he'll take half the price of what they're worth. Okay, so then that would be, uh, fifty-nine gold for all of it. Ooh, well, that is a lot of stuff, but I say gold is gold. There's several items here. That is true, and I'm sure you'll get some of it back once I, re- uh, once Poxy has returned to me. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I will do my best with Posey, but it, I'm a busy man here, Melora's Quiver. You might have to give me a few days, son. Well, that's fine. I will um, I will come for her at the very least before we leave. Splendid, Grim. Splendid. Wonderful. Wonderful indeed. Thank you for your business, sir. Well, thank uh, you. Uh, mister, I'd like yes, to see young man. for sale, please. You'd like to see what I've got for sale, would you? What's a young man like you need with weapons and things of a sharp nature? 
I'd just like to see what kind of short sword you got, mister. Short sword, short sword, indeed. Well, I've got just the thing for you. If you're looking for another short sword, I've got everything that's strong, strong. Won't have to worry about it breaking, shaking, or cutting loose. Uh, but also, underneath my cabinet here, I've also got a few weapons that have been imbued with a bit of a magical power. Just in case you need to be harming them ghosts or goblins. Oh. May I see them, mister? Oh, you absolutely may indeed see them. Uh, uh, so it's, he, he's, he pulls out um, you know, his short swords as well as some magical ones. These are plus one weapons. Uh, he seems to have a, a in his magical section, see, he seems to have at least one of every kind of weapon that has imbued with the plus one um you know, everybody's familiar with plus one weapons, no? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. What are they? <clears throat> they they give a plus one to your attack. Um, like if you you know, you add a plus one to your attack roll before you add everything else. Uh and they are considered to be magical weapons, but he also has just regular old common short swords as well. They also give I... a plus one to your damage roll. Ooh, plus one to your damage roll too. Nice. I am a little new to this, so what kind of enchantments do these short swords have, mister? Uh, they, they swing better and cut a little bit deeper. Oh, they just, uh, okay, my bad. So how A much very basic enchantment, young man. Oh, sorry, sorry, mister. Uh, mister, how much are they, mister? How much are they? I'll tell you right now. I'm selling these magical weapons for 20 gold pieces a piece, young man. Okay. Uh, I shall sell you this very good short sword for ten gold. Um, no, you will not. I will not be purchasing that short sword for ten gold. <laughs> I will not be Please. purchasing your ready old regular sword for ten gold. I'll give you five. Uh, I th okay. I'll take that. Yeah, you certainly will. I won't go. I won't go a penny over it for that grimy little sword you've got there. Well, I know you won't. I'm sorry, Mister. So that, he says, if you're gonna buy a, if you're gonna buy a plus one, a plus one sword, which is not what he'd say. If you're gonna buy, if you're gonna buy a magical weapon, then how about we just call it fifteen even, and I'll take the sword as well. Okay, I'm fine with that. Thank you, Mister. You're very welcome. He takes your gold, and takes your sword, and he pulls out one of his plus one swords and hands it to you. A sword that can be effective against creatures that have resistance to non-magical weapons, my friend. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little bit distracted there in the middle of his speech because I think the stream cut off earlier. It did? But maybe not. My timer on my stream counter turned off, but we'll see. We're reading 138 on the counter here. Yeah, that's fine. That one's good. The stream just got wonky. Oh, um, this whole this whole time while uh, everybody's kind of been haggling and talking, um, I rolled an eighteen on an insight check to see do I notice anything burptastic about this kinkuish sounding fellow? Okay, um, so Arlo, you're just standing there. This is a place that sells prominently metal goods, and it's like. It's cinematically, it's like you're zooming in, like you're staring at him, and every time we cut to your point of view, like the camera's zooming in on him, zooming in on this kinku as he, as he works, 
and uh, eventually the Kinku turns to you, uh, and he's he turns to you and he looks you dead in the eye and he says, "Tweet tweet," and you know it's not Burb. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Arlo just kind of yeah he he had his hopes up like. Burb is, has been a, a good friend and a good companion all this while, and that just kind of like that kind of put it to rest right there. So still yeah. gotta the search for Burb continues. The search for Burb does continue indeed. Um, okay, and he says, and I've also since you boys have been interested in Poxy before, I've also got one new little ditty I've been working on. Uh, and let me show you indeed. And he turns around and he reaches under the table and he pulls out a long lance. And he lays it on the table. And he says, This is what I like to call the Lance of Hades. And I will tell you what this thing does. This is a lance... It's been magically imbued by one of my friends what does enchantments. And when you throw this lance or release it, you can recall it back to yourself. But be careful. If you don't catch it, it's going to keep on rolling. So just make sure you're ready. You've got a proper dexterity to be able to grab this thing out of the air if you'd like to throw it around and harm others with it. The Lance of Hades, that's H-A-D-E-S. Those that have played the game Hades last year released. Game of the Year contender. <laughs> we'll understand the reference. Um, bad news Bad news for the three-man crew. We got camera problems. Oh. No, it was my face. Crap. Yep. Hmm. So well, I don't know if we. Time. I don't know yeah. if we still got anybody watching or listening, watching or listening tonight. <laughs> so I don't know if it's worth fixing, but you can give it a shot. Is um, that going to cut out the regular recording too? Yeah, it'll mess up the recording if I try and unplug and replug. So oh, well, let's not do that then. I'll just turn off the camera. Yeah, the video yep. is just for the YouTube stream and the uh, Twitch stream, right? Yep. Chat slash YouTuber people, if you, I hope you didn't. I hope you don't mind. We are we're cut we're cutting the cam to the to the studio of the three boys. It's just gonna be me and Zebu. You'll just have to imagine how amazing we look. Keith yep. I don't think you can throw a lance. You can't? Yeah, a lance like a like a jousting lance kind of thing. Lance. Yeah, it's either a jousting lance or like a... there's also like a lance where it's a a really long bladed spear, basically like a boar spear kind of thing. Well, I pictured a, a situation in which you could hurl it at something or jam it in something and stick it to something and leave it there and then maybe recall it. Okay. And it, it's a, it's a magically enchanted weapon. So there's a benefit there. Yeah. And you know, it's, we'll I figure picture... that out. We'll call it the, just do like the plus one thing. Cause it's magical and it's also recallable. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Um, so, like so yeah, so this is like a just picture a long metal ornate rod with a essentially like a short sword on the end of it. Like that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. 
that was kind of what I was thinking too, but uh, I didn't equate that with Lance. So that's why I was kind of wondering earlier. Yeah. So no, it's not like a medieval Lance. Oh. This thing would be effective in lancing boils if you Ooh. needed to. Like really big ones. Yeah, like a really big boil. You could just four lance the crap wide. out of it. A four foot wide boil. <clears throat> a boil big enough to let the kids jump up and down on. <laughs> Put that on YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is what people miss are missing when they don't watch our Dungeon Boy streams. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. Uh, they get the aftermath. <clears throat> yes? Do you remember if the... Uh... The basilisk gloves are they magical or not? I can't remember. Um, they're enchanted, so so they're they, like they're not plus one, but they're good against like magic. Yeah, they're a magical item. All right, that's so cool. yeah. I, I thought they were, but I couldn't tell. Couldn't remember. Yep. So everybody's pretty well decked out now with the ability to attack magical creatures. Yeah, we should be fine. so. Wrong. How much do you want for the Lance of Hades? Well, let me tell you here. I'd like to have about 70 gold pieces for this Lance of Hades. I see. I've been working hard on it. Can you see the ornateness on the on the handle? I've, I've spent many time just carving away. I've even been teaching my, my apprentice here, Tweet, how to carve. It's very hard to communicate with him, but He's learning quickly. I see. Um, I just, I don't know if I need how uh, it's ornateness. I was more just looking for a magical weapon. You said you had uh, one of each type of magical weapon in your little box over there, correct? I do, I do. I'd sell you a, a regular lance, just a regular old, you know, normally enchanted lance for... 45 gold pieces if you fancy that i see and uh would you be willing to make a bit of a trade to offset Depen- that price? depends on what you're trading my friend um a great deal of just regular equipment such as leather armor a rapier short bow two daggers whoa 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 and you know what? Twenty arrows to go with the short bow. Meager I suppose I'd allow you. Mm, what say? So, you, would you like to put this against a lance of Hades? You know, go for the big thing, or you just want a regular lance? Um, it. I suppose it depends on how much uh, consideration you'll give me for these items. How about I knock the price of whatever you'd like down 25 gold pieces for those things? I see. Um, yeah, I believe I'll just take the uh, the normal lance then. A frugal man is a man I can respect, I can even though it's not as strong, strong as the other things I got. Anyway, absolutely. I will perfectly and kindly accept 15 gold pieces and the rest of your gear for a plus one lance. Well, perhaps you, you've taught me into it. I'll, <laughs> I'll take the lance of Hades. They always said Krong was a rather hard bargain. A strong, strong bargain, if you will. Absolutely. 
within what is that? Forty-five? No, yes, forty-five gold pieces 45 for the lands of Hades. Perfect. And do you sell armor by any chance? Yes, I've got armors of of many kinds. Yes, I do. I'm looking for a full plate armor. Full plate armor? Well, I suppose I might have a suit of that back here. Um, how much for it? Um, let me Google how much that costs. <laughs> you probably shouldn't Google it. Sixteen hundred. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, yeah, it's it's chunky. Oh, it, it, it does not it does not fit with your uh oh with my pricing structure economy so far all right full plate armor oh, that's 1500 full plate full plate man i haven't sold a, a set of full plate armor since god golly i don't know how we we know i did that last i i'd say it's worth 100 gold pieces though i see and would you knock half off for a half plate armor? <laughs> just, just the left half. <laughs> I about uh, I knock off twenty five percent. All right, that sounds good. Before Jack goes to pay for the armor, Arlo wants to to put the gold in Krong's hand. There you go. Are you sure, Arlo? Yep, I'm sure on this one, but I, I know that uh. We're we're down a burb, and uh, he's always been there to watch our back like that. So, without him here, I think that uh, I think it's appropriate. Besides, I'm holding on to a lot of his gold anyhow. So, well, thank you. It matters not where it comes from to me. I'll take the gold. Cool. I'm now the proud owner of full blade armor. Heck Wonderful. Yeah. Sneaking is no longer an option. (laughs) 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 To the WD-40, away! Yep. Um, All right, are you guys good to go with Krong? Yes, sir. Krong has been Krong. Okay, Um, so Krong said, well, it's been a pleasure doing business with you all. I hope you enjoy your new weapons and your new armor. I hope that does some killing and doesn't help you get killed grim please come back and see me uh, about poxy and we'll work up a price once i decide what what it all i can do for it so you all please have a lovely afternoon the sun will be going down and i can assure you uh you don't want to be wandering about melora's quiver in the dark uh because that's when more of the seedy gentlemen ladies come out and do you know be bad i see well, thank you for your time. I'm a, You're welcome. It, is it a tent? Tent? Can I? Nope. It's like that? a. No, it's like an open air, no walls, nothing. He's just got his, his like table set up to block his forge. Then I just turn away from him, but I want <laughs> to turn towards Grim. Okay. Grim, did he say you killed the constable? Your yes, I did. That is quite the story. I bashed his skull in with this fist right here. You, uh, to be fair, personally, yes, personally, I was there. Um, you, well, alternate, you was there as well, but um, yes, we all were there except for Eros. But um, in our defense, he did 
killed people and he did you know sort of try to ruin a whole town um fuck if i remember correctly and uh he also said well no he, he didn't do that that's just what happened um oh but he had kidnapped the full hearts as well and that's why we were there the the full hearts that we just met not long ago that you just met well i guess technically we all did just meet them not long ago yes those full hearts he did have them uh in his basement and we rescued them and that is the very night that he died i see well they seem like nice enough folk so if you thought it was the right thing to do then that makes sense to me i'm glad to be counted trustworthy um though there are some things that i regret certainly we can talk about those later yes i believe we have more shops to get to if you're interested i am before we uh before we depart i just wanted to hang back with chrome for a second while they had that little side conversation okay Uh, master chrome i'm not much of a weapon buying man myself but you you've done us right before and it's good to see you're you're doing good business here and i just want to wish you well well thank you young man we appreciate the the uh the kind words of such a small fellow i suppose it must be even harder to get those words all the way up here to my ears so i appreciate you making an effort i wish you the best on your endeavors as well young arlo thank you I lean back and I kind of cut my hands and say, thank you, sir. (laughs) And I want to just shake my head and walk away. (laughs) You're very welcome. And remember, stay Krong strong. Love Krong. That's just a good character. (laughs) Oh, man. You guys have done a lot of shopping, but I did mention two other stores. This would just be a shopping episode. It, anytime we have shopping, it's a shopping episode. Yeah, it's all yeah, good. That's true. We got to stock up at least like once every couple seasons, or yeah, like once every twenty episodes or so. It is always fun to RP with the DM because a lot of times we're just RPing with each other. Yeah, we actually yeah. Have to interact with you on this one. Yep. All right, boys. What you say? We got that uh, place where the rope dangling off of it looked like it's all curved up somehow, um, and then we got something with a rock. I believe the cave savers is the closer one. Cave saver? Yes, the, yep. uh, the rock one. Cave saver. Why are you saving a cave? I don't know, but Melora calls me to adventure these days, and what greater adventure is there than spelunking? What's that? Cave that, diving, my friend. That is a fair point. into a cave. We are... We are adventurers, are we not? Well, yeah, but I just... You know what? I, I, I just I can't wrap my head around let's it. Talk let's talk English. Let's take a look at it. Let us go. Onward. Yeah. We are dungeon crawlers. Yes, we are definitely. I agree titans with that. of the quest. Okay. I'm sure I wouldn't say titans. <laughs> Grim, you seem to know what I'm talking about. Oh, I certainly do. And I am fond of a good adventure myself. Also As we're walking that way. Go ahead, Grim. Yeah, me too. I have no idea what a hole in a wall store literally is going to have. As we're walking toward the um, the cave savers, I just, like, little side mention to Grim. Grim, what's, a, what's one of them speed lunks? What's that? 
I, as we're walking, I bend down and kind of like uh, look at Arlo and I say, it's when you, basically in short terms, it's when you go to explore a cave, um, typically with ropes and, and, and things to make sure you don't fall or slip or trip. Um, it's just an adventure, you know, you, you uncover something exciting or you find a monster, which is also exciting in its own way, but also quite dangerous. It's just, it's a way some people have fun and it's a way some people make their living. I'm sure we'll do it a time or two. I think the the closest thing that we've done to it is when we've gone down uh, into the constable's basement. Yeah, Arlo's just nodding along to all this like it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. But you you can't eat a spelunk, can you? No, you cannot eat it. We might need to dress that here pretty soon. Real quick, out of character moment. Is the word spelunking the word spelunk? Because if you drop something into a cave, it goes spelunk. Yes. I've wondered that. I don't know. If you drop me into a cave, I don't go spelunk. Well, like if you drop like a cave full of water, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you guys walk into Cave Savers and Arlo, you are struck by the image of a, a, a gnome tinkery looking guy he's got two big he got big spectacles on his eyes um his his eyes are like you know zoomed in almost like that lady um maz is that her name from uh star wars (laughs) yeah um he's very 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 hurt was that correct yes okay yeah very much in that that regard uh it's a gnome um and he says uh, hello welcome welcome to cave savers my name's tom and i've got several things that can help you just in case you're deciding to go and make a fool of yourself diving into a cave down into bone mountains would you like to see my wares you know i suspect yeah. this will come in quite handy in the future i make a fool of myself on a regular basis i'm game Wonderful. Well, step up and step up and see my ways. Um, and he shows you uh, four types of items. First of all, he says, this is a trap chipper. And uh, he pushes a small thing out onto the counter. It's a small round metal device, and it looks like it has a glowing green gem in the middle of it. And he says, if you slap one of these to a wall or a floor, all the traps attached to that surface will trigger. And it's got a small switch, even, that you can engage a 10-second timer on it as well. I'm selling these. Um, He also has, uh, he pulls out a a package of what looks like chopsticks. And he says, these here are called holdups. These look like small sticks, but really, whenever uh, they have a piece, excuse me, they're small sticks with pieces of twine wrapped around them. But whenever you remove the twine, the stick becomes a great wooden beam of any length you desire that can be used to hold up shaky ceilings or to cross dangerous pits. Wait a minute. Now, that those things get larger and they'll, they'll hold it up? Mm, yes, they'll become a joist. Or a bridge for you. Like in case it wants to come down on top of your head or something, right? That's correct. How, how much something like that? That's 20 gold pieces for one of those. They're very hard to make. Yeah, let me, uh, you got, how many of them you got? You got, got a couple of them? I got as many as you'd like to buy, young man. 
Oh, um, sound that hard to make. <laughs> <laughs> it's stick. I mean, <laughs> um, I'll tell you, tell you what. Let me get a, uh, let me get two of them from you. He hands you two of them. He says, "Be very careful with the twine." Like I said, once the twine is removed, there's no going back. Right. Got it. Now I'm holding one of them in each hand, just like okay. my life depends on these. Like, I'm wonderful focusing my intent on these. I'd also like to purchase one. Very well. Here you, uh, you know, here you go. He hands it to you and he takes your gold. Thank you, sir. He also pulls out a little... Um, a little pouch and he opens it up and he shows you inside and you can see little white, uh, little white orange pieces of what looked like to be a sort of candy. And he says, this is a package of night lights gum. It's gum that whenever you chew it, uh, your head becomes a source of great light. No, that's not true. Your head doesn't become a source of light. The gum, the gum becomes a source of light. So once you chew the gum for a little bit, it lets off 50 feet's worth of bright light. And one pack contains three pieces for ten gold pieces. Now that's some bright light. That's uh, that is very unique gum. I worry about the properties of such uh, such confectionaries. Yeah. Perhaps the next item. (laughs) What if you swallow it? I don't want it. No, no, never mind. Never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) And finally, I have a bottle that I call the Rebreeze. This is a magical bottom that smells very faintly of freshly washed laundry. When you open it, it can replace all the air in a 100-foot radius with fresh air. Which talk about air you, you can breathe? Yes, air air that you can breathe. Yes, indeed. How much does that one? <clears throat> Excuse me? How much does that one cost? 30 gold pieces, another one that's fairly hard to fashion. Hmm. Bottle of air. <laughs> how, uh, how often may it be used, or is it only a one-time thing? You can use it once a day, as long as you let the air out into a, a fresh air, you know, high-pressure, low-pressure kind of thing. This is a bottle. <laughs> I know, I breathe at least once a day. Grim, go pick that one up. Uh, you know what? I'll take it. It, it seems like it, it could come in handy, and it is just specific enough that if you wanted, if you needed it, you would rather have it <laughs> on hand, certainly. Yes, maybe so. Sounds like good logic. I'll take your gold now. Can't uh, I give him gold. gold. All right. He gives you the Rebreeze bottle. Uh, like yeah, Rebreeze. rebreeze. Kind of like Febreze, Febreze. Mm, I got you. Uh, mister? Yes, sir, young man. Uh, how much was the green gem again? Uh, the trap tripper, that's 15 gold pieces per. I have five of those I can sell you, uh, if you want. bit of meta. You say it'll trigger any, uh, traps on the surface? Is that to a radius, or is that, like, in a room? Um, in a, like, say... Say you're walking down a hallway. If you slapped it on the wall to your right, it would go until that wall made an angle. Okay. It's a cool item. But what about like the floor? The floor, um, no, it would like, yeah, it would be like a room. Yeah, once it crosses a threshold, it'll stop working. Okay. 
You know how magic concerns itself with thresholds. Yeah. Are these single use? Uh, the trap trippers, yes, are single use. I see. I think they're worthwhile purchase. I could see something like that. I'll take one. I'll take one too, mister. Splendid. He hands you each a trap tripper. How, how much for your glow stuff? Uh, ten gold pieces per pack. Now there's a pack of them. How many is in a pack? Three pieces. You know what? I'm going to take three pieces. Splendid. I wanna, and I'll take three gold pieces. I want to lean over towards... Uh, what's your character's name again? Eros. Eros. I want to lean over towards Eros. That's just the novelty of it all. I'm going to swallow you and see what happens. <laughs> That's a really good idea, Arlo. Well, there's three of them, so, you know, humble. never mind. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> what's, what's it called? The night lights? Yeah, night lights gum. Got it. Night lights gum. <clears throat> what flavor is it? Tastes like dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Uh, that's an inside joke. Caramel citrus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> with an aftertaste of dark chocolate it tastes it tastes like the the aftertaste of that fluoride you used to get at the dentist three hours later Ooh. nice hey okay. you find a little fleck of it between your teeth did somebody call my name yes yep. um what uh what's the radius of the the bottle again is a hundred foot diameter or hundred hundred foot sphere sphere yeah, so, so yeah, it would, yeah, it'd be a radius, so you could, it'd be a two hundred foot diameter sphere. Oh my god, that's cool. That's a big old fart bubble right there. Yeah. Yep. Well, Tom, <laughs> I respect the work you do. This is adventurers need equipment like this, and you provide uh, nice things for those of us who like to explore the deep, dark undergrounds and things of that nature. Well, you seem to really answer the call of, of adventure. I'll be honest with you. The reason I make these is because I myself have, have been accidentally trapped inside of a mountain for, for, for many months before. That's why my eyes are so bad, and I just want to keep other people from falling into those same pitfalls. I see. Well, you've covered many of the bases. Splendid. I hope I hope they lead to you not dying, my friend. As he's talking about, like, the dangers of being underground, all that kind of stuff. Arlo's eyes just keep getting like a little bit bigger and bigger. <laughs> you okay, Arlo? Me? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll be. I'll be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be fine when we get down to the uh, splunking. Think do the splunking. Think about right. the good things about your gum. Whatever you can find, at least. Oh. I don't know if there's anything. We're going to find out about the gum. Yeah, we're going to find out. Eros, yes. there was a shop you wanted to go to, correct? Uh, yes, there were, it was called... The the Naughty Rope Shop. Yes. Yes, you guys walk out and head over there towards the, sh- the shop that was called Notting But the Best. That is a stall operated by a spindly older lady. Her skin is baked dark and wrinkly by the sun. She says... Hello, welcome to nothing but the best. My name's Kavu. Would you like to buy some of my rope? Uh, 
Is there something special about your rope, Kevu? Oh, yes, indeed. I have three types of rope. I've got stiffening rope, I've got the eye hole rope, and I've got the knotting special rope. What do they do? I'll tell you. <laughs> I can imagine this, this lady, like, she sounds like she might look like a piece of dried mango. Yep, that's what she looks like. <laughs> So, the stiffening rope is rope that becomes perfectly straight and unbendable at the snap of the owner's fingers and loose again on a second snap. It's not ultimately unbendable, and it will crumble under excessive weight, but it could get you out or into a jam. How tough is it when straightened? Does it still cut like normal rope? It still cuts like normal rope when straightened, yes, absolutely. I see. With a second the, one, please. There's also the eye hole rope. This is one of my personal favorites. This is a rope that allows the user to travel from one end to the other as if inside the rope. Essentially, it's a rope that teleports the user from one end to the other. It's useful for threading the needle, as it were. How much is this, my lady? Now, it is my favorite and extremely hard to make. I only have one currently. This is a 200 gold piece product. That is certainly quite the treasure. Sorry, and, I cannot afford that. <laughs> and then finally, the knotting special rope. This is rope that will untie itself when its command words are spoken. The command words are, that'll do. And as she says that, there's a there's a rope on the table that's in a knot, and when she says that, it just flops out and becomes straight. Mm. Well, that's all well and good, but how do you put the knot back in it? Well, you have to tie the knot, you fool. Don't you know how to tie a knot? Well, yeah, I, just, I didn't know if it was automatic in some way. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to find out all the details here. I'm sorry, it's been a long day. How much for the knotting special? Uh, nothing special rope is a 75 gold piece item. I see. A lot and of magic goes into these. How long is a unit of rope? Well, I could really cut it into any length you'd like. Well, the, the, Up to 100 feet. Okay. Can <laughs> we get like an industrial reel? Like what's going on? Leave, leave, the, leave the, the eye hole rope outside the cave. <laughs> If the rope is cut, does it does each piece retain its properties? Ooh. Um. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, there are diminishing <laughs> returns on. There are diminishing returns each time. Each time the rope is cut, the magic that enchants the rope grows weaker. You got some metal on that. Um, like it unties less quickly, or uh, let's say so. You could cut it into two or three pieces, but if you start get, um, once you go beyond uh, three pieces of rope, uh, it it the untying properties are go away. Okay. So let's say you cut it into two pieces. Both of those two pieces maintain the ability to untie itself. You cut one of those pieces into two pieces. Now you have three pieces. All three pieces will untie itself. You cut the other piece into two pieces. The first three pieces will untie themselves. The new piece will not. 
So, that was a play on words, right? Ha ha ha. Very complicated. Didn't intend for it to be. Didn't think that through when I made it. So instead of buying a 100-foot piece of rope, would you sell five 20-foot pieces of rope I with have. the properties intact? Huh? Uh, Jack, I already have a 50-feet rope. How much? How... This is this is a special rope, John. Oh yeah, yeah. But... Well, it's a knotting rope too. It un- yeah. it unties itself. True. Okay. Yes, I'd be willing to do do that for you, sure. Okay, uh, seventy-five gold then. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, I will make that purchase. Splendid, wonderful. Tell you what, how much you say that eyeball rope is? The eyeball rope is 200 gold pieces, mister. Uh, can you go a little bit lower than that? Um, what, what's your number? I mean, I got some regular rope here. I'll trade you out on that. Regular rope is worth nothing to me. I sell magical rope, silly. Hmm. Um, excuse me, Keith, I do have a plethora of books from the ship's captain from uh, season one. Mm -hmm. Are there any good roping books in there I might be able to trade? I got 74 books still in my storage. Let's just roll a random, let's roll a D20. If you roll above a 15, you have a book she'd like to buy. That's a 13, amigo. All right, so... You tell her about the books that you have in your hat. You show her some. She says, I don't have much need for books. I'm sorry. Well, 200 enough. gold pieces is my price. All right. Yeah, you ask a high price, but I think I think it's worth it. Go, okay. go away. There you go. I'm going to pay the 200 for the eye-hole rope. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Um... Yeah, perfect. She says, thank you very much. Thank you all for your business. I, It's nearing the end of the day. I didn't expect to make so many sales. Did I just purchase the full hundo feet of eyehole rope? Um, yeah. Okay, that'll work. I know you said it was up to 100, but I just didn't know how much it was. So. Yeah, I mean, if you want a specific amount, you can have a different amount, but it'll be the same price. Is this Quarter mile. Is this an attuned item? Like, can only Josh teleport through it? Or can he lay it out and we can all, like, blue skadood through it and then drag no, it? Yeah, you can, he can allow other... You can Other people can go through it. Essentially, if you know it's one of those ropes, you can hop through it. Excellent. See, that was my that was my, my reason behind purchasing, because I can go places that these fellas can't. Yeah. But if I drag the end of a rope with me... Yeah. Cool. Sweet deal. Not too bad. Well, you, young lady, have a good day. I'm, I'm far from young, young man, but you flatter me. You have a good day as well. Good old Leatherface. I slammed the tent flap shut. <laughs> okay. What'd Grim say? Where to now? Somewhere get something to eat around here. Um, they, uh, the day is the day is ending. You're, the the sun is the sun is heading down. So if you guys are 
finish shopping there is you know that you eventually have to get back to the crusty crag but you guys can of course do as you please until then i believe the crusty crag serves food and i think we're supposed to meet kate there anyway yes i am quite curious as to what the nightlife of this town is like though i'm sure a town of adventurers that's constantly churning it must be quite impressive when grim says that i'm reaching in my pocket and i pull out some of the gum not like no that that's okay thank you i can see you well in the dark oh good i can't thought you said not like so onward then well yes yeah suppose so what if you sold that scorpion we perforated earlier i'm sure she did as you approach the crusty crag uh, you are approaching a large, lightly colored stone and clay structure. On top of it are several stone stalactites pointing towards the sky. From outside, you can tell that this is the, one of the rowdiest taverns you have ever encountered. As you walk up onto the to the front door, Kate is standing there. In her hand uh, is a pouch of what you assume to be gold, and she says, Welcome back, my new friends. I was able to sell that scorpion. I was able to get 15 gold pieces for each of you. Oh, wonderful. Nice. Fantastic. So yeah, she did. Good deal right there. And good to She meet. divvies up the gold, and she says to you, uh, How did you all make out? Did you make out like thieves in the market district? Thieves? Well... Not quite, but I think we did a pretty good job for each of us. Got me some gum and some rope. It was a good day. <laughs> Wonderful. I, well, go ahead. I seem to be fully outfitted for all that I needed. Very, very well. Well, I'm glad you all met me here at the Krusty Crag. We have a few, at least one or two things that I'd like to do here in uh, Melora's Quiver before we move into the Bone Mountains. But first, why don't we go inside and grab some dinner? What do you say? That sounds good to me. That sounds great. Already there. Fantastic. Now, you guys go into, this is definitely one of the rowdiest taverns you've ever been in. Kate, for some reason, seems to be taking taking to this quite well. She is not alarmed. You know, as you walk in, someone is landing a punch on some big burly dude, like, right in front of her. She's able to deftly swing around as the fight goes past you. Um, there are, you know, little tussles breaking out all over this very large bar floor. Uh, there are plenty of tables to sit at. Some of them have, you know, covered in spills. Uh, there are just people moving all over the place. There are people shouting. There are people dancing. There are people having fun. Uh, people are clinging glasses together and slamming skulls together all at the same time. It is quite a rowdy place. Um, and a large, bald barkeep with an eye patch can be seen and heard quieting the crowd around the bar every now and again. And in the back of the room, you can see some men rolling dice and gambling for money. And... Uh, Kate heads directly for a table um, and she sits down and she yells to the barkeep. She says, barkeep, a round of food and drinks for my table, please. Uh, and the guy with the eye patch is in the process of pouring someone a drink. He raises a hand to her and he says, come on right up. Uh, and he heads towards the kitchen to grab you all some food as you sit down at this table. Cool. Nice. I what do I roll to sit down? Don't eat. <clears throat> You're good. Okay. 
Grim, were you saying anything? No, I was just saying I sit down. Okay, so she says a few <coughs> things. Okay, boys. I've been here a few weeks now, and Melora's Quiver is a place where there are no rules or laws. Just to tell you a little bit about this place, just to just in case we're here for a little while. Um, you know, a person can do what they think is best for themselves. That's why you see all these people tossing each other around in here. There's no, there's no one to stop them. There's no one to stop any of these fights. It's the Wild West out here. Um, but of course, this is a staging area, as I'm sure you know, a staging area to go into the Bone Mountains for treasure hunters and fugitives uh, and anyone who seeks glory in the Bone Mountains where there's so much unexplored area. And of course, Jack that's kinda, why we're here. Jack kind of perks up at the word glory. Glory? Hmm, Jack, you're concerned with glory? Yes, I've uh, I've taken an oath with Melora. I'm, I'm an adventurer through and through. I seek glory in all things. Splendid, then you are in the right place. And hopefully your desire for glory will lead us to finding the... And she, you know, like, brings her head close to the table. She says, finding the... The orb. Moradin's tiny orb. You all have been briefed on this item, haven't you? Oh, yes. yes. Uh, okay. Briefed. Then you yeah, understand but... its importance, don't you? Yes. Right, but how are we supposed to find a tiny little thing on that whole mountainside? Well, uh, we have information that says that the orb is is somewhere deep into the bone, bone mountains. Now, um... We have to find this thing. So, A, we must find it. There, are, There is no other option. Our plan A is to find the orb, uh, procure it, take it back to Buckland, and save the servants of the scale. Because if we do not, there is no plan B. All is lost. So, there will be no negativity. We will be finding this orb. And B, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to find it, but I've done a lot of scouting. And I, I believe, uh, based on what we have learned from some of our spies, and she looks at Eros kind of with a sly glance, like some of the folks we've paid to do our spying, uh, that... The ones that haven't been caught. <laughs> yeah. That the orb, that the orb is, in a, is in an ancient dwarven fortress somewhere hidden in the Bone Mountains. Now, I've also heard a legend that there is a map that reveals certain special magical items in our world. It's believed that Moradin's tiny orb was crafted by the god Moradin himself. And there is legend of a of a map somewhere in the world that has these things written down. I slapped but, the book right on the table. Oh, do you mean this map? Grim, Grim what do you mean? What? No, now's not a time for joking. We haven't even had one drink. I flip it open and I'm, I'm looking for... I'm look, I want to see if I can see the orb on the map. Okay. So as you look at the map, uh, for anyone who's listening, um, last season the the party found a map that they were told by by Garl Glittergold, one of the gods of this world, that they were told is the map that reveals the locations of gods, uh, of items that were made by the gods. And Grim is slapping down that very book with the map in it. And Grim, as you look at it and you put your hand on the map, um, you you see that the Mask of Many Faces, that that item that was made by Garl Glittergold, the one that you have on your person right now, I assume, right? Yeah. Well, uh, between cheeks. 
you, you can see you can see that that mask is hovering right on the mat where Melora's quiver would be. Uh, you know, right. It's not named, but the area of of Medine where Meloria's Melora's quiver is, the the mask of many faces is hovering right there. And as you look around nearby, slightly northeast of the mask, in the heart of the Bone Mountains, you can see a particular mountain. And inside that mountain, as you look at it, a small orb begins to appear and vibrate a little bit on the map. Wonderful. And then I, I slap it closed and I hide it back on my person. Wait, 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 wait. No, bring, bring, bring that back out. I need to get a better look at it. What, what am I looking at here? I do not trust the denizens of this place any more than I trust Misko. So I do not think we will be looking at that again here. Well, very well, but that, but that is, that's the map, the map that I've been told I didn't even know existed, and now you just have it? Yep. Funny how these things work, isn't it? It Good is call. kind of funny how these things work. Good call, Grim, on not having it out for too long. We've got a rough idea of where it is, and we can review the map a bit closer once we get on our way. Yep. Except Parlor's just kind of arms crossed. Just nodding approvingly. Yep. Exceptional. Well, this um, this will limit our time that we need to be here in in Melora's quiver certainly, uh, and it, it the it the based on what I saw of that thing that you didn't have, it it looks like it's close to the spot that I assume we need to be going. So my my plan remains quite similar to what it was, and and that map will help us hone in on the exact location of the orb, um, but. We do need to make some preparations here in Melora's quiver. Now, um, how are you all doing on funds? Could be better. Laughably. I don't worry about it too much. Decent. <laughs> that was a great way of telling me very little information with all, with all of your words. Based on what you said, I assume that Grim and Jack don't have much money left. Arrow seems satisfied with his amount of money, and, and Arlo, I'm not sure you're even concerned with money at all. Arlo just, he doesn't really get the concept of it, but it's there anyway, so. Okay. I would say that I have a fair amount of money, enough to do what I need to do, but I'm always looking to gain more. Okay. I believe I well, have enough money to pay for this evening's meal and a place to sleep. Splendid. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll take care of that for you. One other important thing. Things that we have learned about this place that we're going to be going is I assume that one of you as well have brought with you a certain key. I have no idea what you're talking about. Pretty sure Jack has that, but he doesn't know he has that. Okay. I think Jack does. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> maybe the Jack disappeared with the key that we need and now this jack does not have it <laughs> I, I can tell you for certain that albert and corinne would not have sent you if you don't have if you didn't have the key the key is supposed to open the dwarven fortress for us to get morden's tiny orb surely one of you has this key i'm referring to Eric checks his pockets anything that could fit in anything i've got a key and i set the key on the table Okay, she immediately puts her hand over and says, Yes, okay, that's the key. I can keep it safe for you, or you can keep it yourself, but we can't let people see that right here. Grim, uh, do you know what this 
key is. Perhaps you should hold on to it. Sure, I'll hold on to it. I'll keep the thing safe. I um, seem not to understand its importance. That is fine. Um, I out out of character. I do not. I don't remember this key at all. I know. Right, like, gotcha. Like so key off of that that dead guy. Simon, yeah, Simon I was about to explain. Mm. Yes, yeah, Simon, Simon, treasure taker had a key that you now know is made of solid planium uh, <laughs> that you were able to take off of him. And it was essentially an item that you were supposed to bring to Albert and Corinne Fullheart. Um, and they really should have mentioned it last week, but there was a lot <laughs> going on. Uh, so the key is being mentioned now. And you have the key. Uh, and Kate says, yes, this this key is meant to open the Dwarven Fortress where we're headed. So keep it safe, keep it attached to you, keep it somewhere where you, you know, don't believe it can be stolen from you. Because without that key, we're, I, I fear we're not getting inside. I'm going to specifically state that Grimm is keeping an eye on all the important things that he has, like the key, the book, and the mask. Okay, gotcha. He is Understood. Those very Understood. close to his chest. Understood. Okay. Arlo so, is keeping an eye on Grimm who has the very important things. Perfect. Okay, so she says... Checking everybody out. Seeing what they do. By this time, your food has arrived. You guys are all eating a meal, sharing some ale together. Um, I don't know what proper drinking age is in this world, but we'll say the Eros is perfectly... I can create it, and it's cheap. (laughs) (laughs) He's making making his own water then, having something to drink. Glass Um, of warm water. (laughs) So, she says, Now, not only are the Bone Mountains a dangerous place where monsters that have never been seen, much less studied, roam freely... There are also some passages through the mountains that are currently impassable, which is ironic to call them passages if they're impassable. But one such passage, which is, you know, covered in an avalanche of rocks and stone, uh, is where we need to be going. It's the it's in the region where we believe this dwarven fortress to be, and based on what I just saw on that map, it seems to be accurate, that we're going to have to use one of these passages to get there. It's deep and relatively narrow, and covered in an avalanche of stone. Now, I assume, you know, with Arlo, your ability to transform into animals, and I'm sure the rest of you have great powers uh, to be able to get around these things. I'm not the kind of person that wants to go in half-cocked, though. So I have a plan to grab us a plan B before we leave, as well as do a favor for the town of Melora's Quiver before we get out of here, and... I'm sure this will perk some of you up. A plan to get you some extra gold before we leave. Ooh, gold. I'm quite interested. Does this involve brawling of any sort? Does this involve what? Brawling. It may involve a tad bit of brawling, Grim. Oh, good. Uh, Kate. Yes. Do you think I can disguise myself as one of them? Do you think that would work? Um, disguise yourself as one of who? As them. Make my clothes exactly like them. Try to fit in. One of who, John? L- like who, John? Uggs, although we were trying to get in there. She hasn't said that. Oh, uh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking about that. I got totally sidetracked. My you're mixing the old season two with the current season two. Yeah. I'm Give sorry. me about ten seconds <laughs> and we'll get there. Um, uh, so, 
Does yes. Does this have anything to do with the new? Uh, I suppose it's a guard barracks going up in the middle of town. Yes. If you remember the thugs that you allowed to live and didn't brutally murder out in the desert, they ran back to town. Uh, there is a sort of mob growing and 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 taking over Melora's quiver. Melora's quiver is is absolutely is absolutely a pimple on the on the on the face of Medine, but it was a lovable pimple, one that added character to the face. But these are making it into something horrible and grotesque. These thugs are taking away t- taking away people's sense of adventure. They're stealing. They're caught. They're they're making people pay for protection. All the stalls, or many of the stalls in town, are having to pay these thugs for protection. And as you saw out in the desert, they stole my kill as I was sleeping and tried to leave me for dead. And and so I believe that they have something that I'd like to steal from them. And in the process, maybe we take a few out. Maybe we clean clean up Melora's quiver so she's a little bit more fun to come back to. Uh, more adventure can be happening. And maybe we make a few friends along the way. Who knows? But what I want to do is as a plan B for us traveling through the Bone Mountains. We know I, I know that Arlo is a druid. I know he has many powers, and I'm sure the rest of you do as well. But... I witnessed these thugs cart in a cart full of potent dynamite only a few days ago. And I think if we're going to go and try to break into a dwarven fortress through an avalanche valley through the Bone Mountains, a fat pile of dynamite would be very useful, don't you think? Absolutely. It certainly sounds interesting. I heard a lot about danger and adventure and things like that, but then there was going to be some creatures later, right? Up in the mountain, what people never seen before. So, yeah, we're going to go with whatever you just said, and then then creatures later, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, let's do it then. And here's the kicker. If we can get inside to the, of their fortress, she does air quotes, if we can get inside to their for, of their fortress... There's also a safe that they keep inside. And I have to imagine that all the gold that they steal from people here in Melora's quiver goes into that safe. And I would not be against stealing from the rich and giving to the poor for the time being ourselves. Now, I normally would have a problem with that, but seeing is how it's those who have squandered Melora's name and taken from adventurers, I could see us dismantling their organization. Grim uh, leans forward in his chair. He's very, he's excited. Um, And so he, he just looks at Kate with very steely determination and just says, you point the way and I will tear down any doors in our path. Eros, what about you? So we're just trying to stealthily get in there? Well, I'd say we need to sit here together for a brief moment and make a plan. And that is going to be (laughs) tonight's episode (laughs) of Dungeon Boys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope for listeners it wasn't a too terribly slow of a slow of an episode for you. The shopping episodes they can get slow, but it's 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 certainly fun for me to be able to talk in voices and 
try to make you guys laugh and have a good time as well as as, as well it's fun for me to give you items that i have made for you to be able to use so how are we feeling dungeon boys feel good i feel great i'm happy with my shopping trip i'm feeling like i want to splice the eye hole rope and the the unknotting rope together and just <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you just become a rope you just, twi- <laughs> you just twine man um but yeah thank you so much for listening to this episode of dungeon boys um we're getting set up for some action we're getting set up for some lore we're getting set up for some cool things hopefully that will be revealed um but there's always a setup before you get to go downhill so thank you guys so much for watching if you like this show and you're listening to it through a podcast app please consider rating us or sharing us with your friends uh if you're watching this on youtube uh please consider doing the same thing leave a comment i'd love to hear from you um, I'm not always convinced that more than the normal people that I hear from on a regular basis, which are which are very few, my man Mark um, and a few others who religiously, it seems like, uh, watch the show, uh, um, Rob, Rob as well, um, and a few others. Uh, we would love to hear from anybody who likes the show. I would love to hear from you if you want to. There's a link to the Discord in this podcast as well as there are several other social media links attached to the podcast where you can find a way to get in touch with us. And as always, you can email us um, tankmediagames at gmail.com. I truly would just love to hear from you. Would love to hear your critiques, but also would just love to hear from people who say, I, we enjoy, I enjoy the show. Thank you guys for making it. And of course, I know it would make these boys feel good to hear from people as well. So if you're, if you're willing to just say hello and let us know that you listen, that would be great. Um, we've been making the show a long time, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but let us go, and we will shut down the episode, and we will be back more with more episodes of Dungeon Boys next week. I've talked a lot, so I'm going to let the Dungeon Boys say goodbye. We love you very much. Bye. Toodles. Peace. Later. Later.